Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ The Road Podcast, presented by DJ City. We got a special New York edition of The Road Podcast. I'm uh, your host, DJ Crooked. We got my man, DJ Never. Yo, what up? We got DJ D-Miles. New York was good. We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. And we got a special guest, uh, my man who actually, we, we kind of came up at the same time in New York, one of the illest party rockers, one of the best mic voices in the game. And, uh, I mean, you was one of the first dudes. I remember you was, like, one of the first dudes really taking it professional, being the, we used to call him the mayor. He used to hand, like, business cards out. Every time you saw him, I would always walk away from him. If I met, I would meet you, like, at least five times throughout the week. You still got the business cards. Still. I would get, like, a business. I would come home at the end of the week, and I'd have, like, five business cards from, from six. <laughs> and, uh, yo, we got my man DJ Reach in the building. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor. Yo, you was I got my government on those cards now, so oh, now you know. Before I, was, I wouldn't let that out, but now you know I'm trying. I'm trying to be even more professional now. You was always yo. You was always extra professional with your shit. You was always you was the first motherfucker to actually come to the clubs in a blazer and a button up. Yeah, overdressed practically. Nah, right? but it was like because we were all looking bummy and shit. We would all be in t-shirts. I would be looking super bummy all the time. But that was kind of like the dope shit to be in New York and looking yeah. bummy and yeah. and getting through the velvet rope. Like motherfuckers would let you they'd in. They'd be like, "Who the fuck is this bum?" Yeah. <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have all like the Wall Street motherfuckers like, "Yo, why you let that bum in?" Exactly. Like, yeah. They're like, "Yo, he's the DJ," and they're like, "Ah." Oh, cool. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know how many times I, there was like a doorman or door staff that would be like, "Yo." If you weren't DJing, son, like if they either they either said it or like you just felt the vibe was like, yo, if you weren't DJ, you would never get it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, it made you feel like, all right, well, shit. Well, I'm DJing, like you know what I mean? Like, but you, but you was always in a button up and a and a blazer. Yeah. You was like super like shaking hands, like yeah. kissing babies. We used to call you the mayor. Like I remember I was telling, we used to joke about you. We used to call you like Mayor Goldie Wilson oh, from shit. Back in the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so like, yeah, I'm gonna be mayor. <laughs> I remember meeting Reach before he was even DJing. He'd be yeah. at the clubs. He'd be like, "Yo, my name is DJ Reach. I'm, yo, I'm gonna be DJing here soon, man. Here's my card." I'm like, "Who's this guy?" He's yeah, there. you know, I like, I, I really like. I looked at it like, um, you know, I, I just was so invested. I was so. Um, where, I was, did, I was, where did that come from, though? Yeah, where did you learn that like salesman marketing tactic to just really sell yourself? You know? Yeah. Because, oh, oh, well, wow like, that that that's a that's a very deep 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 because uh, that's story really, about that's really that. the thing about you is that you were one of the first dudes that really that like uh like you were getting into all the fashion events you were getting yeah. the corporate parties yep. and every and you yeah. were the first dude that looked like. You was in the, you know, you was like, <laughs> red carpet ready. Yeah, you was red carpet ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and, and I know you were doing like at the time it was like the height when you were kind of killing it. You were doing mm. Tuesday Baby Tuesdays yeah. at Marquee. Yeah. And then shout and, out to Steve Aoki who was on Wednesdays or Fridays and getting booed playing uh, hip hop. By the way, at the time, oh, really, um, <laughs> that's a story I could tell you too. Um, and and props to him for his journey. Obviously, another uh, that that that's a true. I mean, my little bit of marketing knowledge. Um, I'll take a little bit of credit, but t- he's someone who I bow to and look up to because he is truly a marketing uh, guru and a marketing genius. You might even say. Um, and, and, and and a lot of people don't know Steve Aoki has I believe he has a marketing degree and a women's studies degree I don't think a lot of people know that but um, I watched his moves and not to get off, off topic or get off track a little bit but I, I watched 
his career unfold because I remember a friend of mine was dating his sister and she was popping before he was popping. For the yeah. Fast and Furious movie. Her yeah. modeling, the model, and, then, right? and then the Fast and Furious. Uh, and the then, China, right? Uh, China. Yeah, um, China Chow? No, uh, maybe no, that no. was her character name. I don't know. No, no, no. no. You're, you're mixing. No, wait, her, uh, no, that's a different girl. thing. It was Debbie. Devin Aoki. Devin Aoki. Yeah, yeah. Devin is. No, China Child's another chick. Yeah, she's <laughs> another. Oh, actress, I, I thought it was yeah. like was that the character name? No, I was like, that's I, another, I, I don't remember. <laughs> she was in the Fast and Furious. Yeah, she was in a Mark Wahlberg movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got kidnapped and shit. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't know Steve Aoki was in New York. Yeah, so Steve Aoki was in New York, um, you know, and his dad, Benihana, and everything, uh, because his middle name is Benihana. Yeah. And that's his dad's restaurant. And you know, you guys all know from Wolf of Wall Street, Benihana is what brought down uh, the guy who, you know, the the, the guy from Wolf of Wall Street was Benihana, like, bought a case and everything, um, which is a crazy connection for him. So, um, he had had, (laughs) he had had bands and stuff like that. And and, and I remember, um, he was real serious about his band, and um, and this was in the early two thousands. Early two thousands, yeah. He had he had had a he had. I'm pretty sure he had a band, and he was like working on his production stuff and 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 like literally like he was cool, super cool. His energy was cool. He was always like mad cool, good 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 vibes. Um, but he just you know he was still finding himself as a DJ, and they put him on. Um, pretty sure they put him on because like his sister was in the cool crowd right right she was hanging with just ski right. and one of just one of That's our right. mutual friends bought, uh, 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 was dating Devin and, and uh and so she was like in the circle and 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 it was her brother and like and they you know they had they had bread and their paper and they were connected and stuff like that so um did he go by Steve Aoki or he had an artist name uh he, I, I think he still had the kid billionaire thing right around that time was like mm. I don't know if that was his DJ name or if he was just doing That's it as Steve I think he was as Steve I think he was I think it was Steve Aoki at the time wait so this is where you got all your like marketing and shit no no, no 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 I, I can't oh, okay, say that okay, but, okay. but no but you know, I just I I, t- I took a notice to how he approached marketing um, when uh, he had Cinespace in L.A., which was I think like really the first party that started his movement, mm-hmm. um, which was I think Wednesday nights or something like that. And I remember being in L.A. I was doing I had like a couple of crazy residencies, like everything was just clicking for me at the time, and I was, um, oh, man, it was. Uh, Damn, it was like two or three of the hottest spots in LA and I was doing them and they were flying me out every month and it was like every other week or something crazy like that. Uh, David Jadakin, um, who had like my house and my, before, it was whatever it was called even before that and and, and I had these residencies and, and, uh, and, and I remember on my night off, I was like, man, what do I do? Uh, what's popping and somebody said yo go to Cinespace and it's Aoki's party and it was like an early early electric ele- electro mu- movement and so I was like yo you know what let me that's the homie let me go dap him up I haven't seen him in a minute so I go through and I'm not expecting much it's like a planetarium it's like a like almost like a mini museum or something about like you know the space and comets and shit yeah. like that and he had like you know it's like let's do a party in a place that people wouldn't think there would be a party right so it's like that kind of a venue yeah so i go and i roll up i'm like not expecting much and there's like 500 like 19 year old kids and they're just like flooded and like i'm hearing mad electro I'm like, the fuck is this what year is this <laughs> like, this is probably 2006 like seven or eight Mm, yeah, maybe like 2005, maybe okay. like 2005, maybe 2004 even. I don't know. Like five, probably five or six, five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I'm like, yo, this is this is crazy. This kid got a whole movement. I go dap him up. He's got girls all over him. He's 
popping. I'm like, oh, snap. So I'm like, damn, this is a wave. But I couldn't get into the music as much. I was like, ah, I see it. I see what it is. Like, you know, this this, this is a thing. Like, this could jump off. And I remember, I remember, I don't know if he said it or if, like, other mutual friends of ours in the, in the, in the kind of moment were like, yo, this is about to be what's, what's up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, uh, Jay-Z, you know, Guns N' Roses, like, uh, yeah, good luck. Like, I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. Like, you didn't so see, I, you didn't see electro popping. Like I, I didn't see it in that moment. I, di- I definitely didn't see it. I thought this is like, I, I thought of it, well, you know what's funny was I saw the connection and the connective thread to the, like uh, to the rave movement in New York in the 90s because my yeah, older yeah. brother was down with that scene. Um, he really put me onto that scene. He was trying to be a promoter back in the early 90s yeah, yeah. and it was NASA, it was uh, yeah. Liquid Sky, it was like, you know, uh, everything that was going on at, at, at um, NASA was the club. It was just on, uh, in Tribeca, just below uh, Canal Street. Probably like where Wetlands and used to be. Where wet, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and then eventually, I think it was called Vinyl at one point. It was yeah, called Vinyl. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And, yeah. um, and that? and that was around the time of the movie Kids, that was that yeah. was they you know, filmed just, it, they in filmed NASA. it yeah, yeah in NASA yeah. so man that's a whole other story which is like yo that was that was like you know the the rave scene of the nineties in New York where like you you were fourteen fifteen sixteen in the club All right. I'm still trying to understand where does marketing connection with Steve Aoki <laughs> like, so, just, no, the, let's get the, to that the only thing I'll say about Steve Aoki <laughs> is this Steve Aoki I just watched as so I I first like really started to take him seriously with that Cinespace party yeah and then literally maybe within 12 months he and am or it seemed like 12 months just looking back banana split banana split and then that was it like once banana split hit it was like okay like everyone in la that i knew was like yo you have to go to this party this is the shit and and it and that even fed cinespace wednesdays even more because sunday's banana split was just so insane everybody was talking about it AM was like, you know, really at that breakout point where he was just like turning into God status. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the fact that he had kind of like, I remember Rakhtakan telling me um, that he's like, yo, man, he's so sick of playing like all those, like Michael Jackson and Guns N' Roses and like the hip hop records. He's just, he's just sick of that set. So he's got this party where him and Aoki can play whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and, and it I, was the emergence of the electro sound kind of exactly, taking over. Exactly, exactly. Like Baltimore, like Baltimore Club was taking yeah, up. Totally, yeah. totally. Um, you know what? It was the Cinespace party and the banana split made me take this kid that I saw, you know, chilling in uh, Marquee with like the best intentions, but not that, you know, uh, he hadn't found himself dj wise but he had like the energy and he had like you know a presence and 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 you know some good connections and shit like that uh he was he had the right positioning but he didn't have the sound yet yeah, yeah. and so he was on my radar i was like yo cool like that kid we got friends in common next encounter banana split homies tell me to go buy his shit i'm like yeah let me go see him again he was a nice kid go see him i'm like oh shit what <laughs> Next thing I know, I go back home. I come back a few trips later. He's got banana split with AM. I'm like, what? Whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is really starting to move. So I'm like, let me watch this kid. Like, let me watch. Let me watch like his, his how he's branding himself. Let me watch. So he started coming with merch. I had already had my own merch. He didn't put me on the merch. Yeah. I don't say that. But like, he started coming with merch. Well, like yeah. what I was talking about because yeah. when I when I saw you coming up with your marketing, right? Yeah. It was in the early 2000s. Yes. And then. You were kind of really becoming. Uh, you were one of the DJs that was really taking the corporate events sure. and corporate shit, and you like 
and nightclubs were really investing in you. Like Tao yes. Group was really investing in you. For you know me, what I mean? it was Puff Daddy. You want me to answer that question? I really, when I think about it, now that you phrased it yeah. that way, it makes me. But it, 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 it is still, that Harlem. It's that it, Harlem. It, it was Puff. Yeah, because you're from Harlem. Because you're from Harlem. Yes, and you got that Harlem like kind of like marketing <laughs> and and and, yeah. and kind of braggadocious like that's you know sure. you're dressing sure. the yeah the that's hustle sure. but also like Harlem motherfuckers is always kind of like a little dapper and yeah doing yeah their hell shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and the thing is like I, it's funny I, I have a, a a group text with a, a bunch of DJs who probably are listening to this because we talk about. This amazing podcast. <laughs> DJ. I'm sure y'all hate on that. <laughs> no, 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 not never a bad word. Did never you hear ever. what Crooked said last week? Oh, <laughs> Yo, it's, God, honestly, it's, it's nothing but love and props. 100. percent I'll tell you if there's haters in it. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, it was it was uh, I was I was I was texting with those guys and, and there's like 20 DJs in there and promoters and shit like that and and uh, and I was texting with them. And we always get into heated debates with each other's neck. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And and I had just like I, this thought to myself. I was like, yo, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs, was the first black president. Elaborate. This sounds crazy. Elaborate. The reason why I am giving him that title was because he, I mean, when I say president, I mean also the fact that he... You know, listen, he wasn't the president of the United States. You're saying he was, like he was the first CEO, kind of like... He, he, like he, no, he was, the, he was the first, you know, uh, what I consider, the, the, like, like so large of a, of a, of a personality um, as a black, uh, you know, popular figure that mm -hmm. he could have represented a portion of the country, uh, a, 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 a portion of the nation. Uh, he was... Uh, in some ways, role model. We all know his 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 you know, uh, you know the, the the faults he had and the, the controversy and things that he got caught up in and things like that. But he was he was so influential that he could have been like a candidate that the black community could have rallied behind. Right. Uh, and, and, and I'll say I'll add on to that and say and it's gonna sound I know it all sounds crazy, but what I love about Puff and it, as a junior high school kid and a Teen and teenage kid, he inspired me to as as one of the few black role models that I could relate to, role models of color that I could relate to. He inspired me to go out and get the American dream. He go he inspired and, and and he inspired me to uh, you know uh, embrace my culture, embrace the music, embrace the art, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he did it and has done it in such an unapologetic way that. No other black celebrity, um, no, not I won't say that. Um, I'll just say because 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 Muhammad Ali did it unapologetically. Yeah. Uh, there was a time where James Brown did it unapologetically. Well, like what, what he he represented the behind the scenes business uh, aspect of like the record industry. Sure, but he was very much a salesman in front of the camera and like pushing the culture yes and then he was just having his hands on everything and making the whole package together right? he is more comfortable in front of the camera and on the red carpet uh and ready like on like politician ready than jay-z than kanye west than russell simmons mm -hmm. i don't think that there's another black celebrity of his stature other than let's say a oprah who is more ready uh, and 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 there's a couple elements here, and I and I don't have to dwell on this for too long. We can talk about other things, but I just was thinking about it, and and it's 
Swizz said something a, a while ago last year that really stuck with me, which is like, we don't fully appreciate Puff because he's still around and he's accessible. Yeah. Um, Puff introduced and universalized globally I like black that. luxury. Universal, universalized he, black, black luxury. Black luxury. The idea of black luxury, black opulence, and making that something that is so, uh, has such a perceived value that brands need to respect it. Brands need to get down with it in order to be down with the wave. Mm-hmm. And so, when we look at the true value of that, yeah, yeah. coming from a kid who had humble beginnings, interning, dropped out of college, you know, Pops was murdered, hustler street dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know his mom's background. I mean, maybe she was a teacher. I'm not sure. But like, you know, uh, his American dream story is 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 unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been going back and listening to... Um, I've been listening to, I, I had the honor and the pleasure of DJing uh, the 25th anniversary of Illmatic event for Nas oh, okay, um, at Sony building a couple a couple weeks ago, which was like, you know, that was just like very personally important to me because that album changed my yeah, life, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And um, and I was going back and, and, and I was listening to... Uh, Listen to Illmatic, listen to It Was Written, listen to old Nas albums, listen to old J albums. Then, you know, a week later, a week or two later, the B-Sides 2 concert happens. Yeah. And everybody's going nuts, and I'm like, man, I can't believe I missed it. But, um, you know, just 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 soaking up and, 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 and t- just reflecting back mm-hmm. on, you know, our lifetime and some of the music and some of the greatness that we have witnessed uh you know you see those memes on social media where it'll be like a stack of old tapes or cds and it'll be like yo this was the era like i literally saw one when i was in the cab on, on the way coming over here uh far side cypress hill uh lethal injection ice cube wu-tang 36 chambers mob deep gangster and you're like it, it's so familiar to us but it's like, imagine if the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Guns N' Roses, fucking uh, uh, Eric Clapton and Cream, uh, all came out at the same within the same two years. Yeah, yeah. Their most legendary albums just came out. Boom, 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 boom. Not 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. No, they came out within a span of two to three years. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we'll widen it a little bit and say five years. Imagine that. Yeah. That's insane. So we have the great fortune of having been there to witness that, yeah. you know. Um, and I heard y'all talk about on a previous show. I think maybe the last episode. You know, rest in peace, John Singleton, and and um, you know his impact as a, as a as a filmmaker and that moment with the Hughes brothers, with him, uh, with Eric Dickerson and Juice, mm-hmm. with um, you know just F. Gary Gray. Somebody mentioned F. Gary Gray. Like, you know, we just. And, and that's the thing about, and I, I think it has to do. It also kind of circles back to Puff in a way, mm-hmm. and 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 it circles back to, uh, you know, this moment and this kind of like crazy period of time that is really really groundbreaking for a American culture mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know artistically speaking i won't talk about the business side of things in terms of economics and stuff like that or politics but like just speaking culture and art and american homegrown art and a lot of that traces back of the last 30 years really much longer than that but a lot of it uh, uh traces back to 
you know, minority cultures, black, Latino, Asian, like it, it traces back to our cultures and us kind of finally getting a platform and getting a voice and getting center stage, yeah. getting to share the spotlight, getting to get, uh, you know, a, a character or two on the sitcom on the show on you know uh uh you know uh and so uh being able to get on the charts and and, and not just be the unicorn the, the michael and the you know well, i mean so, at the time when yeah. you were, <clears throat> at the time when you were coming up right yes uh and then like i said you were like doing the carson daly show yes and then like i felt like corporate america and a lot of these nightclubs were like yo we're gonna invest in dj reach Yes. And like because of how great of a salesman and a marketing guy you were, and obviously you were like one of the illest motherfuckers, you know, in the, you in know, the in I've the never club. been the illest scratcher. I've never had the best blends. Cause I'll be honest, I didn't really invest my time into that. I didn't really invest my time into that. I think if I did invest my time into that, I think, you know, I would have been sick with it. But you were just um, a nasty ass I, I, party rocker. I was that was always and it was like the Harlem, the like essence of hip hop, Harlem Bronx roots of mine that were like yo i'm gonna rock this shit like i gotta use every tool that's not nailed down whether it's a microphone whether it's a fucking horn whether it's a fucking uh a vinyl or this or that i'm gonna use whatever is there the people in the room as references to rock this and this is how i still feel to this day yeah about djs if you don't make your presence felt especially now with the way technology is creeping up and just advancing and evolving um if you don't make your presence felt then how do people see your unique value if you don't put your signature on your set there's people i've been in the booth with darren he's seen uh management and owners and customers be like this guy get this guy off <laughs> turn this guy down take the mic away like but you know what like and, and there's times when I've walked out of a show and been like you know usually it was alcohol <laughs> involved at the time uh, I don't drink as much for the last few years partially because of that um, but you know um, no matter what the essence of me was always like I'm going to bring DJ Reach to this room yeah I mean you I mean, you on the mic you know rocking a party is to me like I mean didn't AM say that he would give like he would uh, take away like portions of his technical skill to be able to have your voice or to he, have your mic he work he told me that he yeah. told me that he was well, like how did that where, where did that conversation you know, come from shit uh, wow where were we no, I, I think I think it was Marquee actually. I think it was Marquee, and I think it was a uh, 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 Nextel NASCAR party, and he and I were playing, and um, and I was opening, he was getting on, I was probably getting a grand, and he was getting like twenty grand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but we had this little moment like before he got on, like you know what I mean, and 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 everybody's like coming over trying to give him like, yo, you want drinks? And girls is like ready to like take their shirt off and all that other stuff. And he's like, eh, like easy. And he's like, yo. And he like just literally like blocked all the people out in the room and was like, yo. I just want to say like I appreciate you. I just want to say like how are you? Blah blah blah. Been like. You know, we had in, we had had interactions a bunch of times before and had a million friends in common. But it was like he was just like, "Yo, dog!" Like I was at, you know, you know, I don't know. He was somewhere after a gig or something that I was playing or something like that. And he was like, "Yo, dude, like the shit you're doing." Like he's like, "Yo, I would trade like these hands at some point." And I feel like, "Yo, I wish I could trade these hands for that mic." 
and I was like, the, like those mic skills, and I was like, that That's was crazy, yeah. that was like the, a huge honor, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. I, I I give him mad respect, and and um, you know, so that was you know that that was something that 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 I really appreciated. That's um, the funny thing about like DJs, like uh, you know, with DJM as like as as famous as he was. He was just really a fan of just DJing and just DJs yes. in general. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. He was yeah, for man. people. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like you know, and 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 I think, and, and for me, like, what really showed me that too was, um, I, I had like, you know, there was a point in time when 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 Rockticon was fairly new to to the to New York, or at least to like you know on my radar to like the like downtown club scene or whatever. And I don't remember how it came about, but me and him kind of like forged a friendship mm -hmm. and I was throwing him some gigs and um uh and and he was throwing me uh well, he, you, he, he, he was opening up or like he would fill in for me sometime when I that was it he wasn't open up for me he would fill in for me sometime well, when I had gigs that I couldn't do I mean your legendary party that even you're still doing to this day yeah. right Tuesday baby Tuesday yeah at uh it's at Marquee you were doing yeah. it on Tuesday 2003 wasn't yeah. Rockticon upstairs yes I think Rockticon was upstairs yeah he was upstairs and then he, they actually had a multiple nights a week because he, he was obviously yeah. that good but I think that Tuesday like I remember it was just a legendary time in New York on that Tuesday at Marquee because mm -hmm. you would go into Marquee and there'd be Reach rocking the, rocking the main room like doing like a, this mainstream ill set <laughs> and then you'd go upstairs and there would be Rockticon spinning like yeah. rock and indie shit and yep. then 80s and then like sprinkles of hip hop mm -hmm. and it was just it was, I mean at the time now that I think about it it was maybe some of the best uh, best DJ sets I've ever heard in my life and it kind of like it taught me a lot like watching you rock the room and then Thank you. and then like hearing Rockticon it was just like yo like I, like I didn't know which room I wanted to be in I'd be like going back and forth you know what I mean and shout out yeah I agree a thousand percent shout out to Rockticon yeah. who got me on Serato yeah. <laughs> because Tau Tau Group literally said to me do not come back to Vegas next week until you're on Serato yo so <laughs> <laughs> I have records that are still at Tau in the in, in a closet somewhere like I, vinyl I, yo, I remember seeing you at the airport like in 2006 yes you yes, had crates yes. of records I'm like dude you, you're not on Serato yet he's like nah nah yo AM be like yo dog like i don't want to see you with records again bro like come to my crib let me get you set up like he's like come on like what i got you what do you need why like, were you why were you holding off what was it you know i was like Try just to keep it real. Rock nah, to nah. I, 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 I would talk I, I, to i, I talk to rock <laughs> yes and then i'd be like yo he's like yo i don't know why this fucking guy he's like yo he it's like I had to fucking force him to get a fucking computer yes. and get him to He literally single-handedly got me on Serato. Single-handedly. Like I he What was I, it? What was the uh, you were the last motherfucker. He, he, I, the last. The last. Like Jason Strauss said, "Do not come back to your residency until you are then, on Serato." And then like, and then after he got the laptop like 10 years later, uh -huh. in like 2000 I'm still 2000, on Serato DJ. I mean, 2000, on 2015 he was still rocking like the 12 inch MacBooks from like the yes. first ones that came out. Yes. The one with he the little the, bar oh my God. On, the, on, the mic, on the mouse. Yeah, he had the, the silver joint. He had the silver joint. Silver the silver, silver keyboards. But they, silver, oh yeah. But they, they stopped making Thank the 12 inch. Yeah, they didn't make the damn. 12 inch after They, they fucked point. me up with that. They fucked me up. I don't know. He used to climb. <laughs> up. Why are you going to do that shit, you know? It, it's it's look, and then I remember seeing him rocking, I think it was Tower, some, something in Vegas, and it looked like he was on a big sidekick. 
That's what it looked like. Because <laughs> right, that shit was like 12 like, inches. Like, like, two-way? Yeah, yeah, I was oh just like, yo, it looked like God. a big two-way that you were DJing on. I was like, yo, man, what are you doing, fam? Yo, so was, people don't know that DJ booth, to get into that booth oh, with uh, crates of records, yeah, was like it was ridiculous. Re- that steep-ass yeah. The, 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 yeah, that ladder. Yeah, that steep-ass ladder. Don't try to be... And then if you're drunk... Yeah. Uh, good luck. <laughs> you know how many times the crates... Like fell down, you know. Some how many steps, how like, many crates were you flying in? I was literally okay. So, so okay. I don't know if people know this. Um, so, two thousand three, I start marquee. Marquee had. I'll tell you a couple of things. Two thousand three, start marquee. Marquee had opened. Uh, I don't remember what month, but I I I was showing up for the first three months and barely getting in the club. Was is at the door. Um, but I'm like kind of feeling myself a little bit because I'm like, yo, like I, I, I'm, I'm making it like I got a full schedule. I'm playing five nights a week. I'm making bread. Yeah. And it was like ah, that. None of that matters over here. Like who? What? And I knew knowing Jason from high school in uh, I, like we had mutual friends in wait, common. Wait, you went to high school with them? Nah. Noah went to Stuyvesant. Jason went to Riverdale, I think. Or, yeah, Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And we had friends in okay. common. They're a little older than me. We had friends in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, I, and I, truthfully, like from junior high school, I had been seeing their names on teeny bopper party flyers. Because mm-hmm. they were throwing like the, the, the holiday weekend parties when it's like Columbus Day and back in the 90s, I don't think they still do this in the city, but like uh, a club, like a random club that probably wasn't making much bread would give like some teenage kids Sunday night of a three day weekend mm-hmm. to like blow it out. Yeah. So, um, so they would get those contracts and they would like crush it with like 500 kid, high school kids mm-hmm. Probably get away, like you know. There's definitely liquor there, you know what I mean. Uh, you know, so 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 I I knew of them from that long, and we had you know numerous friends in common. They were cool with Jusky. They were cool with Richie. I knew yeah. those guys from junior high, you know, as well. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. One of my best friends, uh, one of my very close friends, was on uh, little league baseball team with Richie Akiva, and so um, and Jusky. You know, we, there were graffiti crews too, and I Reach yeah. is my tag. Like Reach was originally my tag, so so uh, I knew those kids. You know you know just from similar circles yeah. so I'm, I'm I'm going up to Noah I got my CD and I'm like you know when I did get in finally I'm like I went up to him I'm like yo the business card and I added a CD into the into yeah. the pitch uh-huh. and I was like yo hey yo listen man reach yeah, yeah, oh cool 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 hey mad polite must have had five of my CDs uh, never got a call back the residency was Big Ben's residency mm. Tuesday Baby Tuesday at the time what happened to me was a promoter who actually was a co-owner of another club, which was crazy, uh, but he promoted at Marquee on Tuesdays. He was having his birthday, and they were like, yo, he was a big model promoter, whatever. He had a, you know spenders and shit like that. And they were like, what do you want to do for your birthday? Let's make a big deal out of it. Let's get these sales going. Let's, you know, let's really blow it out. And, um, and he was like, yo... I just want to have this kid DJ. And they were like, what? Who? And they're like, he's like, this kid Reach. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that guy, yeah, we, you know, we don't want to take the risk. We got Ben, you know, we're really happy with him. He's been our DJ since Sweet 16, you know, which is their club before Marquee. Right. And they were like, yo, we don't want to rock the boat, man. Like, Ben does his thing, like, you know. And, 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 uh, and, and the promoter was like, yo, just trust me. Have this kid DJ. And 
nobody in that scene yet was playing open format open format hip hop rock 80s in that way that I was putting it together like quick mixing high energy I'm giving you boom 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 I'm giving you hove I'm giving you big I'm giving you uh 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 ACDC, Run DMC, blah, 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 blah. I'm giving you, uh, you know, uh, Bowie. I'm giving you Blondie. No, they had not, it, literally, I played the first time. They're like, yo, if you're not good, we're yanking you. And this guy's going back on. I don't know if it was Ben, if he was even there. I can't remember like that moment. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if he was there in the room or if they had somebody like, you know, a backup. Yeah, yeah. But they were like, yo. This is this is our big money night. This yeah. is this is our new club. Like you can't fuck this up. And I was just like literally saying prayers like, oh God, let me rock this shit. Went in there, vinyl, full vinyl, obviously. They had the Yuri mixer. Yuri oh, mixer. Yeah. I'm like, really? You got the fucking Yuri mixer? Really? Yuri is like all knobs, no fader. All right? knobs, no fucking fader. Yeah. Right? <laughs> is that a rotary joint? It's yeah, rotary, rotary joint. Knobs, yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. And so I had literally, just to go back one little half step briefly, I kept, whatever gig I had on Monday nights or something like that, I would jump in a cab to go back home to my crib, and I kept seeing this building. And I would see this building, and it was like, it was under construction, and then I literally, I swear on my life, one point I got out of a cab, and I said, what is this building? And I go, I said, told the cab to pull over. I get out of the cab. I go up because now it had a little a little sign on it. And the sign said marquee. Mm. And I was like, this is going to be a club. This is going to be a club. Okay, okay. And I, it, it, I don't know what it was. Sounds insane. It literally like spoke to me. I was like, yo, I shit you not on my daughter's life. And I was like, yo. All right, all right, I'm going to come back here when this place opens. Yeah, So it was like a major goal for you, right? Major yeah, yeah. goal for me to get in the door of that place. It was almost like destiny and shit. Yeah, destiny yeah. to get in that place. And they had been shitting on me. They had, like, not shit, politely shitting on me. Like, you know, like, they didn't want to give you a chance. Like, yeah. yeah, like they were like, yo, thank you, cool. They're like, Mayor, Mayor, Mayor Goldie Wilson? We know Mayor Goldie Wilson. Like, <laughs> they have all these business cards. Yeah, right? they were like, yo, put that in the trash so pile. So tra- you ended up showing out, right? So I bodied it. Yeah. Bodied it. They said to me, this is your night now. Straight up, this is your night now. And what was it, Sundays? That was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. That was Tuesday, maybe Tuesday. This is what they said. They said, so I bodied it. I come back the next Tuesday, body it. Jason Strauss comes up to me and says, no and Jay, me and my partner Noah, our personal night, because Wednesdays was house music. Mm-hmm. Tuesdays was, was open format um, hip hop. Uh, open format wasn't a term at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, then, and then Thursdays was open format again, hip hop night. And it was their personal night that they personally like because you know Tuesday Baby Tuesday was other promoters who really took the lead yeah uh, and, and they had like a big chunk of the bar and stuff but Thursdays was, was Noah and Jason's personal night that they went into their context and really tried to blow it out so they were like Jason's birthday is next week do you want to headline Jason's birthday and I was like yeah shit alright body that they were like this is your night Mm-hmm. I had both nights. Those were the two hip hop nights. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays mm. were insane. I got a question. So, yes. How did that affect your relationship with Ben? Or like, what, did y'all even have a relationship at the time? Or like, what, yeah, you know that's I mean? a great question. Um, you know, we weren't that close, but we were like peers. We were like peers in the sense that, like, 
I'd see him places. I, he was on. He was already on. He was already doing spots I dreamed of doing for several years. Yeah. Um, and I would give him dap in the record store. I'd give him dap in, in the club. Um, and 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 in, in, in that moment, like, you know, he, he's the person, and, and I have the utmost respect and love for him. I, I consider him a friend and, and a dope-ass legendary DJ from New York that I respect so much. Uh, he's low-key with it. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. doesn't really show his emotions like that. You know, so... So he was like, ah, whatever. Like he was like light with it. So like you know, at that time, and, and he probably had ten other gigs too. Yeah. Yeah. But at that time, I mean, it was a small circle of DJs that were in circulation. Yeah. Yeah. So at that yeah. time, if you like, if I made it into, if like, let's say all of a sudden D- DJ Crooked popped up, and now DJ Crooked's at PM. Oh shit, Crook, DJ Crooked's at one on Sundays. People would just yeah, be like, hi, well, how did he get in here? Yep. And then they would listen to you, and they'd be like, oh, "Okay, he he shows out like," and then it would be a mutual respect thing. Yeah, but Max. like also at that time we were also there was so it was such a small circle. It was like me, you, yes, uh, t- uh, uh, Todd Malice, Todd Malice, uh, wow. Elia, es- Elia Escobar, Rathacon, and yeah. um, who else was in the circle? I mean, there was a handful of uh, Eric J- Lepo. Jusky was in it. Eric Lepo. Eric Lepo was kind of on his way. Yes, Mark, like Mark he moved in Miami. Yeah. By then. But Mark Ronson was like Ronson those was, were like the, yeah. the guys who kind of moved on. Cassidy, Jusky, Soul, right? Samantha, Soul. Yeah. So, Samantha, but there was yeah. like a small New York a circle of New York dudes that were in rotation. It was so small that we all kind of like worked and we would see each other. But if someone like, for example, if I like if I was doing suede, yes, or if I was doing Lotus or something, and then Ani Quinn came in, Ani, Ani Quinn would maybe take it. It wasn't like yo, to the homie, it wasn't Quinn. like fuck him. It was kind of like, well, I gotta step my shit up. Like, yes, you know what I mean. So yeah. it was, it wasn't like. So I'm sure Big Ben was like, kind of like, all right, man. He's like, you know, he's doing this thing, and 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 I'm still doing my shit. Right. And it wasn't like where it's kind of like now, where it's very cutthroat now. There's so many DJs, yeah. and everyone's like coming. That's kind of what I was thinking. Right. Yeah, like, nah. Know, but yo, back then, I mean, yeah. you definitely felt the way if you lost the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but for sure. For it was sure. more of a kind of like, yo, it's going to a homie, and he's dope, and like I'll find another night. To know? Ben's credit, too, he got the residency back at one point. Yeah. To Ben's credit, he got the residency back. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting it again after that. But well, how was you feeling? Back. How was you feeling? When I was you got like, it back? damn. Like, I, I was like, I was like, you know what? I was like, yo, you know what? Like, it's almost like kind of like shit coming full circle. Like, kind of yeah. like not karma, but like you know, kind of like it's almost like I couldn't be mad. You know what I mean? In a way, but it did. It did what you said. It made me be like, yo, I gotta get back gotta on my shit. Step the yeah. game. Yeah. I gotta step my fucking game up. And like, um, but it would happen here in New York also because yeah. it's like when you when you're a resident like Reach right when he's doing Tuesday Thursday and then he's at f- four of the nights and he's working five nights a week. Sometimes people will be like, "Yo, man, like uh, everyone." It's just like a they're similar. Hearing you. You're hearing the yeah, same sound. Hearing you. Hearing you. Yeah. Some people anticipating mixes. Mixes, so yes. They, they just want to switch it up. So yes. it's not even that you're a bad DJ. Yeah, but and yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like, yo, we just want to switch it up a little bit, yeah. you know. And you know what? To, to to that same point too was, I once I realized what, the, how valuable this opportunity was, I kind of got like, sort of like 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 the like I, I kind of got a bit, uh, sort of narrow minded with my with my with my musical choices because I was like, man, I wanted to hit. Like feeling that we all have felt the rush of you bodied it and yeah. the room is in your hand and it like 
wherever you're about to take it, they're going with you. Yeah. They're fully invested. They are going with you. The crowd, they're like, lead, Jesus, lead us. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so it, it that high and that rush and this, like, the appreciation I was getting made me feel like I was almost starting to, like, second guess creative things that I would have done prior to that and in other rooms on so other basically, nights basically you, you're like I have this formula yeah I kind of so, was like let me not go too far outside let me, let me keep this formula yeah but then you kind of pigeonhole yourself to sounding almost yeah. the same yes yeah. Yeah. facts and, 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 and then for me personally on that yeah. mayor shit you know anybody who's seen me you know DJing in some of these big rooms like especially in Vegas like I'll have like five girls in the booth or like three homies and a client and like so i was like i i i was i and i was and i was recognizing that part of my value to the club was not just music but it was this personality but you were you were definitely like you were all everything in one you were like a politician you yeah. were like a host you were like a promoter yes and then you oh were no like, no I, I i was i was literally yeah. a promoter bringing 100 people yeah yeah i had 50 to 100 people I, when i was doing tuesday baby tuesday and, and and thursday nights i had like other clubs where me and my team were my which were my two best friends from college were doing two two of my best friends from college were doing another club and that, had this was Alex and Jed. This is Alex and Jed, and, and y'all y'all all went to Wesleyan. We all went to Wesleyan. They're from Boston. Jed's from Boston, and and Alex from Rhode Island. Um, and Jed is the one who told me about the audition. He essentially got me the audition. So those for Carson Daly show. They used to be uh the like the Three Musketeers. It'd be like <laughs> yes. Reach, yeah. Alex and Jed. Yeah. So I have a crazy story about that. So. When we came out of school, I was DJ. Jed used to DJ too, but when we came came out, he DJ when we were on campus too, and he was like my DJ rival. I, I had a partner DJ, uh, Jahi Sunday. So y'all were doing parties in college. So we were doing parties in college at Wesleyan. We were the go to, like me and my partner Jahi Sundance were the go to uh, DJs on campus for the four years that we were there. And in our junior senior year, this kid Jed, who was a homie because it was a small school, but he started he brought his turntables yeah. back from like break. Or, and, and, and he was like, yo, I'm going to start DJing. Or like, yo, I'm going to start DJing on campus. And we were like, we were so comfortable. We got we were getting every party. And he started a night and started like getting his own movement. And I remember my, my, my partner, Jahi, and he I'm, I'm sure he'd probably admit this. He was kind of like, eh, we're not letting that kid rock. And I was like, wait, let's just see what he's going to do. Yeah. And he created a night. And he was like, a hot new night on campus. And I was like, yo. And I embraced him and adapted him. And my partner was kind of like, yo, nah, man, fuck that. So that, but but the thing is, that translated, that goodwill translated into him giving me a call and saying, I'm working for Carson Daly. You still spinning, right? Yeah. So that's how you got into the Carson And he Carson was like, Daly. you want to try this audition? So I come and I'm like, when's the audition? He said, tomorrow at noon. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm, bring, I'm, like, I'm trying to play my crates. I walk in, I'm pretty sure... It's Flex, Green Lantern. Wow. Oh shit. Like wow. major motherfuckers. That and I'm nobody. And I'm like, wow, what the fuck am I gonna do? And they're putting you in front of a live audience and they're taping a test show. And if the show it might be something that they use on the season or it might be something that never airs ever. It's before the show actually started and launched. Yeah, yeah. But it's like le- the weeks, months leading up to the launch of it's the like show. It's like a bunch of pilots and test bunch pilots. Bunch of pilots, yeah. yeah. Totally. 
So I had never been involved in like TV on that level. I think I like once was like in the audience at Nickelodeon or something like that. Kid, you, know, <laughs> you know, double dare or some shit. Um, and so, um, you know, so so I'm like, damn, like, but the one thing that I thought was, and, and this is where like open format has really been so important to the success of my career. Uh these guys are coming in and they're playing straight hip hop sets. Right. Mm-hmm. The show that I had, the guest, the, the interview guest was Gwyneth Paltrow. The musical guest was Mob Deep. You couldn't have two more polar opposites mm-hmm. in a show. Yeah. But I had the Beatles, Hove, mm-hmm. Biggie, Mob, uh, you know, et cetera, you know, uh, you know Bowie, uh, Hendrix. I had all those in that crate that I brought to the to the station. Those couple of crates. Yeah. Those guys didn't have that. So Gwyneth Paltrow literally, he's interviewing her and he's like, "How was it going up in New York? And you went to Spence Private School on the Upper East Side. And what was that experience like? Uh, and you know what was playing? Because Carson's whole thing was music coming from MTV. Yeah. So that was really kind of his angle. He's not a comedian. He was never." No disrespect, Carson. He was never like the funny guy, <laughs> you know. Uh, his thing was, I'm gonna bring these amazing musical guests, and like the threat, the the common thread of our conversations is gonna be music and a love right. of music. So he's asking her, "What was the music playing in your house?" She says, "The Beatles," mm-hmm. and we cut to commercial, and I go to the Beatles, and she's like, looks in the DJ booth, like, "Hey, yeah, what did you end up playing?" Uh, I think I played um, "Come Together." Come together. Dope. I played "Come Together." Doom, 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 and so. Carson sees, and then Mob comes on, and I'm, I put my lifetime in between the papers, like, and so, you know, I was able to be diverse with my format, and right. literally, again, it was just one of those things. They're like, "This is your opportunity." So that's how you got it. I, there, there was, there, we don't need to see anybody else. You're the DJ. What Damn. were you? What were you wearing? A blazer. <laughs> <laughs> See a sucker, like you know. Were you all? Where, where, where did the blazer you know, okay, come from? So, so, the, so the so the blazer thing comes in this and this. Is it from Catholic school? That yes, yes, that's just, part of it. Because you went to Saint, uh, which one? Saint Anne's and Cathedral. Cathedral, I had to wear uniform. Saint Anne's, we could wear whatever we wanted. Okay, but Cathedral was on 79th? Actually, one tenth. One tenth. One tenth. One tenth. Okay, but we I'm had another. We had another, another building. We had another building uh, on uh, where we on seventy on eight 80th, 80th or seventy ninth. I think yeah, 80th and 79th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause I so, think I think when I was in high school, because I went to Calhoun. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I think at one time we were just feeling bold, and we walked through. Damn, we like, walked through the school, the school. <laughs> with the uniform on. No, we didn't have no uniform. We just decided to walk through the courtyard. And oh, I, and shit. A, <laughs> and sounds a, like some blood in, blood out shit. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we were just like stupid, and we just yeah, walked like, in, and then a couple, and you know, at the time it was like. Like I was on a full scholarship at Calhoun. Same, same. Yeah, full scholarship. and then but there were like street kids that went to the Catholic school. <laughs> yes, yeah. but they had scholarships and shit. Yes, so they those motherfuckers started like sizing us up, pressing y'all up, <laughs> and it actually became like a big deal because one of my boys pulled out a box cutter oh, and that was all the oh, shit. Now yeah, yeah. That, that's see, we can talk about New York in the nineties. Yeah. Woo. We could talk yeah. about New York in the nineties, but what, so that's that's where it came. The blade because you yeah. was always in a blazer, and yeah. I mean, D Nice has always attributed like how he changed his look, and I, like I literally, went into suits. I, I, it's funny. I love D. D's D's fam, D's uh, legend. I I, I I I always joke with him. 
I owned the thanks to my older brother. I didn't even own it. My, my brother owned it, but I was like, I, I wanted to steal it from him. The when CDs came in the long case, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. the box case, the, the box, box case, case. Yeah. <laughs> the the joint that was like a foot and a half. That was my. I had the D Nice album. My brother had it to the rescue, and it was like, not not to mention only just also looking up to him from BDP days. Um, but I remember D was making a comeback. One of his best friends, rest in peace, Chris Lighty. Um, D was making a comeback into DJing. We because we we started seeing him around a little bit more. Yes, and 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 he was like snooping around. Kind of snubbed me on the gig. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he kind of snubbed me on the gig. And 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 you know this is what I saw and and and, and you know listen uh, it, it was love it wasn't like yo I'm gonna tear you down to build myself up it wasn't anything like that it's just he he had gotten in with a promoter uh-huh. promoters are funny too so he got and because I've seen stuff like this happen over the years uh, in, in different ways um, he had gotten down with a promoter who also must have looked up to him and was like yo you're D nice like they call me D nice and the promoter. I remember his name and everything. The promoter took him under his wing and was like, "Yo, I'm gonna bring you to all of my." And he was a model promoter. He had he had clout, and he was like, "I'm gonna bring you to all of my clubs that I work at, and I'm gonna a I'm gonna get props because I'm bringing this guy." Even if he, you know, I think it was also kind of like he felt he he loved D so much, and he knew D who D was, and he thought that the clubs would know, and they didn't really fully know, but he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna bring kind of like this celebrity." To the clubs, I'm yeah. gonna get props for that, and I'm gonna put him on and push him as a DJ that we should hire. And like, well, it was good marketing because it yeah. was like a hip hop, hip hop legend, you know? Yeah, what I mean? exactly. You know, part so, of a legendary group, of course. Yeah, and then course. like, and then he wasn't in the club scene, but like, I remember I was doing forty forty. Yeah, and he was like, kind of like. And he, he would introduce himself, and you'd be like, fuck, D-Nice, like, right. yo, what up? And then he'd be kind of like seeing what records we were playing and yes. what was working in the club. Yes. And then it was kind of like he was just kind of like, uh, kind was, of being like, maybe I could do this club he, shit. He, he was, was sizing shit it. up. Yeah, he was yeah. definitely, that's the thing. Like, I remember he literally was like, and this happened to me. Uh, and it happened fast. Yeah, it happened fast for him. <laughs> and, 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 but, I, but I think part no, of it. No, but I, I mean, like, he yeah. really saw the market and he put it into plan. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. I have the utmost respect for him for doing that because not everybody can do that, can yeah, say, yeah. yo, I think I might try this or I think I might go for this. And then they're in it. Because we were, all, we were all like, yo, man, I saw D Nice. And he'd be like, yeah, I saw D Nice too. You know, and then, like, a couple months later, he'd be like, yo, this is job. getting residency. Yo. And I think also was, and, and, and uh, this is one thing I'm going to speak about also just because just I've never really spoken on it. But, um, but you know, his connection with, um, and th- this is not the thing, but his connection with, with, with Chris Lighty and his, his deep-rooted uh, in music industry connections and respect yeah. really served him and really helped to uh, catapult him and give him momentum. And, and, and we, you know... You got, that, you got that familiar face in the DJ booth. Yeah. Everyone comes up, and yeah. Yeah, at, at the events, they start, yeah. So he, you know, he's someone who's a reference point for so many people's uh, youth. Yeah. People who now yeah. are executives. And I'm talking about 15 years ago, they were already executives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, yo, this is, it's like if, like, you know, for us, it's like, I don't know, like a little bit after him, Q Tip. It's like, yo, it's like Q Tip comes to you, and it's like, yo, you're like, Fuck, I'm a higher Q-tip. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I love Tribe Called yeah, Quest. Or like, you know, it's, it's, it's that We've seen point. it with like Snoop. 
It, right, you know what I'm saying, in like it, Swiss, exactly, and JD, yeah. even it, JD, and you know JD I mean? too, exactly. It's Wait, exactly do think, that. Do you think D Nice was one of the first kind of to kind of infiltrate that 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 whole? That I, whole I think so. Industry? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, but he was one of the first like kind of hip hop legends, rappers, probably. So like, no, was Q Tip yeah. was actually one of the first. Was was Q Nice? Yeah, Q Tip was doing it already. Q Tip was doing it already too. I think I, the thing that's tricky about D is like D was always a DJ, mm-hmm. so like he was DJ for BDP slash yeah. co-producer yeah. of of oh, key so records. Q Tip was before D Nice was Q-tip, before D Nice because yeah, because he was already yeah. doing he was doing stuff with Mark exactly. and yeah, yeah yeah yeah. But this is pre Quest Loves and Snoops and you know pre- what about Biz. Yeah. When, when did he start? Oh well, well Biz was always Biz, yeah, yeah he was Biz always yeah he was always kind of DJ yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's an amazing DJ actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never heard him. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, there's a crazy story about about Biz. Uh, I don't know if it's still true, but at, years ago, uh, I remember my brother telling me he owns two or owned two identical houses in Atlanta right next door to each other. Mm-hmm. Identical, <laughs> one with all his records and one that he lived in. Wow, that's really? a fucking that flex. Was, that, oh yeah, that's a flex. That's a flex. Like uh, going next door and see the neighbors. Oh, that's me. <laughs> you know. Um, so, but yeah, like to to your point about D Nice was, you felt that like like you saw he I saw him he literally I feel like he was like he asked me like. You know, why are you so dressed up? Like, why are you wearing this? And I was like, oh, you know, like, I just feel like if 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 the club, if the customers and the club clientele is looking like this, I should be a reflection of that. Why should you look in the DJ booth and it's not and I'm not a consistent representation of the branding of the club yeah that was my mentality like that goes way back to your original point which was your original question which was like i was like how do i make myself uh, a piece that fits into this 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 puzzle this this like you know this business yeah yeah you know tapestry you know what i'm saying like how do i blend in and become part of the fabric of this and so to me i was like i need to reflect that so that I think I think the owners and the clientele will appreciate that if I add that little bit of signature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and, and, and they were, so people were coming DJs were coming to me, people were coming to me, even customers, why are you so kinda like, wow, you're so dressed, dressed up. Mm-hmm. People were also coming to me saying like like other DJs, I, I don't know if Ben was one of them, he might have been. Um I don't think he actually said this because he you know, I, I, he's a music guy as well. But um there were DJs who were definitely like what are these records? What is this Nirvana? Like, what is this, you know, uh, you know, uh, this, I don't even know, like, Blind Melon and, you know, like, they, they were like, what What are these songs? Well, do you think going to Wesley and helped? Because uh, uh, it was so diverse, this, right? Dude, this takes it back to the essence of what I was, like. When you were doing college parties, it was like, you know, you, you, you know it was a mix of hip hop. And then all of a sudden, and that's what I kind of thought was that you were taking that, all the all the parties you did at Wesleyan, yeah, and those kids were starting to go out, mm-hmm. and then they started coming yep. to see you. That, that yes, that was a huge portion of it. That yeah. was a huge because okay, the 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 thing is like it, it really comes back to you said, man, this like salesman, like yeah, where did you get this kind of salesman sort of yeah. edge or like side personality, uh, you know, dimension of your brand and stuff, and and and, and the truth is. The real, real truth is, as a black kid going to private school, 
and mm-hmm. going to schools where I was a major, major minority. Right. And I was trying to fit in. And so I was figuring out how do I socially kind of pitch myself to my social group right. in a way where I'll get accepted. So I was, it goes back to like, sort of like, 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 you know, just trying to figure, I, I didn't want these kids to know who had, to me, had all the money in the world. Right. Penthouses, country houses, chauffeurs, drivers, shit I had never, I'd only seen on different strokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like coming from, you know, Harlem. rats in the kitchen, cockroaches the in the cereal box, yeah. facts, like literally that's what my reality was. And I'm like, how do I pass for one of these kids. Mm-hmm. So how do I package myself so they don't look at me and think he's different from the rest of us? Mm-hmm. How to and, and not even that. And then I'm a Leo, so I was like, I don't even just want to be like one of the guy. I want to be the fucking man. Yeah. I want to be the most popular kid in school. Mm-hmm. So I want to be the captain of every team, et cetera, et cetera. So like, so I was pitching me from age. Six, seven, so eight, nine. It, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it was just an extension of that for me, truthfully. And then, and then the image of somebody like Sean Cohn's Puff Daddy really just solidified it for me. It was like, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. That's who I want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he's business. He's swag. He's black culture. He's excellence. But he's, he's infiltrating these white markets yes. that, that were never open to yes. hip hop and like yeah. You know, a hundred percent. So that was like one of the first and, people that I could look to and be kinda, like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of how we saw you though in the beginning because we were like, you know, like, yo, he's really infiltrating these corporate events and like everyone is really like helping you, like helping, they, like yeah. I believe in yeah. this kid reach. Yo, you know? and, 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 and I'll say guys, and, and I'm not the only person that's done this. I've seen a lot of people invest in themselves along the way. Some people kind of do it quietly. Some people do it like, you know, kind of more transparently, but yeah. I learned early on that I was going to take the money that I was making and I was going to reinvest it into my brand. I was going to buy a billboard. I was going to uh, I was going to have merch. At one point, I ran into somebody the other day. They were like, yo, reach every girl in Equinox. I don't even know if it was Equinox. It might have been Crunch back then. Crunch. Crunch <laughs> they were like, yeah. every girl, every model that had come from the club, and it was exaggeration every, but like a lot of them, they had been at Marquee. They had been at Butter. They had been at Lot 61. I gave them merch. I gave them, uh, I started with Food of the Loom and then I went to American Apparel. I was dropping $20 a t-shirt, giving them away, Damn. giving them away, bags of them. I was flying to even live when live opened. I was, they offered me a residency Fridays once a month. I flew out there with boxes of shirts that said, like Rihanna and T.I. live your life, L-I-V your life, and DJ Reach on the front. I was so deep in the merch game. I was like, I was shorts. I was hoodies. I was everything. I'm not going to say any names. Club owners were coming to me like, yo, I banged this chick last night. She had your shit on. <laughs> High five. High five. High five. I won't say any names, but you know what I mean? And, and, and so. Nah, nah, say the name. Say the name. Nah, nah, nah. That's not, <laughs> I might still get checks from them. That's all I'm going to say. We'll beep it out. <laughs> um, like I said, you're still like doing it like unapologetically and in your own way. That's what I got yeah. from like opening for you but, and just learning. But yeah. it's important. It's what, what's important is that from the early stages, from high school going into college. Yes, he was aware of what I guess, if you want to say, what the white America or or what the like 
maybe the the masses like, or whatever yeah, what they would look and you were kind of like I literally was tailoring my brand yeah. to be like not just digested but, by, you, you, but under, to be, you understood their market yeah, and you're yes. like I can bring and hip hop was emerging and you're like I know how to deliver this product to you guys the best way that's relatable to you guys but and, and still my my style a hundred percent and and, I, and and one of the things when i when you guys called me and said hey you know we're coming to new york you know would you like to be on the show i think about like what can i share with djs uh that i think might be helpful to them and a couple little things just crossed my mind and you know one of them is like you know because uh, we, we we all especially with you guys having a platform like this all the experience that you have you guys are you know tons of people are looking up to you guys so we, we're, we're all in a, a position where other people look how can I get to where you're at or get to like launch myself I don't know if they're looking up to us but they're definitely come on yeah. they are man. Like, yeah. listen we only get like 200 I, listens we're, I, we, nah, we're small that. I, 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 there's people who use the like ghost accounts they don't want to admit that they're like yo you go to the YouTube page but don't, don't go from your own page like, we don't want them to track there, us there's some haters out there oh man yeah we had a YouTube YouTube comment thought that I was white and I was like okay yeah sure yeah. To whitewash, whitewash you on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> um, they, they gave you the MAGA hat. Hold yeah, on. <laughs> whole thing. I was like, I look straight from the other side of the board. I don't know what you're talking about. Yo, um, I, you know, so like, I, I just, you know, when I think back to some of the factors that it takes to make it, mm -hmm. DJing is just my case study, but you have to be willing to sacrifice everything. Cause I I I I have been working recently uh, helping out a, a rapper, um, uh, in his career and and I, and I started an agency uh, a couple of years ago and I've I've, I've literally uh, booked over a hundred DJs and given them work and checks and and, and uh, so, you know and try to make some things happen for other people. So I've been I've been sorry you wanna no no go ahead, go ahead. No, no so ahead, I was just gonna say um so so like I really you know going into that um and what led me to that 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 you know, wanting to start an agency and wanting to work with DJs and kind of like find a new chapter to my career um, uh, was that like, you know, I felt like I had a lot to offer and I felt like there were times my old partners, one of the reasons why we split up was that, you know, one of them, my partner Jed was like, yo, we should start an agency. We should manage, you know, tons of people were coming to me saying like, yo man, you're, you're on fire. Like, can you take me under your wing? Yeah. MOS, uh, a, a, a lot of people, I'm not going to name some names, but a lot of people were like, yo, like, you know, at the, when I broke out, they were like, yo, like, can I, can I, can I come along? Can I, can I be your understudy of this or that, you know, like your backup, whatever. And I was like, I throw some gigs around, you know, like, uh, I don't know if Rockticon has ever said it, but um, I, my boys went to ASU in Arizona and they were owning, they owned a couple clubs and they were promoters mm -hmm. and they flew me out because they were my friends from New York and they were like, yo, come do, yo, you're killing it, you come do these parties. So I did their parties there and then I started to, I think, get my Vegas contract and I, they were giving me dates that I couldn't do. So I was like, yo, man, you, they're like, yo, who can you send us? I had to cancel on them one time. Right. They're like, who can you send us, man? Come on. I was like, yo, you're going to love this kid. This is this kid, Rockticon. You're going to love him. And they're like, yo, man, we don't know, man. What are you talking about? I was like, no, trust me. So they hired him, loved him. He bodied it. 
crushed it. Uh, and 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 I think that was he. So he they gave him an, a, a, another residency mm-hmm. in addition to my residency. And I think that was how he made some of his relationships with some of the West Coast guys. And I'm pretty sure he was the one who initially introduced me to Vice and Sujit. Um, and I think you know part of him being in. Uh, Scottsdale led to him getting some LA and some other gigs in the West Coast. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? Um, and maybe like maybe kind of even put him on the radar. I a mean, the, more the, manage- the, West Coast the DJ management shit at that time, and this was probably like uh, 2005 or so. Yeah, it was still pretty like early. It wasn't totally. like yeah, I think there was maybe just DGI in New York. Sure, with then DGI represented pretty much like Mark Ronson, Cassidy, yeah, yeah. Beverly right? Bond, Beverly Bond, yeah. yeah. Amazing female DJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there was... Samantha I think, Ronson. Samantha Ronson. Yeah. And then there was the emerging like scam artist, which was Abe Froman and Showman. Yes. Mm. And then it became Scam, and then they were kind of yes. recruiting East Coast motherfuckers. So then, wait. <laughs> Shout so out to you, So you, you signed with Scam, mm. and it was through Rock, right? Like the co-sign or something. I'm right? pretty sure Rock Takan was the one who was like, yo, you got to meet Vice. Um, I don't even know if he was like you gotta meet Suja I think it was just DJ DJ to DJ yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like yo you gotta meet Vice he's mad cool it's a homie from LA mm-hmm. I was like word okay cool and 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 also I was seeing AM so much cause he was starting to get booked in New York so much yeah, yeah. that there were times when Vice was coming with AM I'm pretty sure one or two occasions and then there were times when AM couldn't do the gig so they booked so he was like book my guy Vice uh, and so by default, I'd see AM, and by default, I'd see Vice, and we just started to just, yo, yo, oh, shit, you know, hey, hey, oh, you're in this yeah. room, I'm in that room, or you're you're on, and then I'm, like, right. so it was like that, and, um, you know. Because New York, New York didn't really bring West Coast or LA DJs in, and nah. it, was, it, was, it was like the beginning of that. Uh-huh. We started seeing uh, Vice come in AM, and it was like yes. some really big thing, like, it was a, a big occasion to see a West Super Coast dude in there. respect yeah. to the legend, legendary promoter Bill Spector. Bill Spector, yeah, yeah. definitely. Single-handedly, the guy who brought DJ AM mm-hmm. to gigs in New York. Single-handedly, I think that is it, not even yeah. disputable. I could yeah. be wrong, but one of yeah. the first, the, one of the big buzzes was Stone Rock at Lotus. Yeah, yeah. And then that Captain. was a big, that was a big buzz. I remember all yes. the DJs were like, "Yo, we got to go to this shit." Yes, like, remember that, right? Yo. Yeah, but that was the first one of the first when we were like, yes, yo, like let's listen to this how West did, Coast. How shit. did that buzz go about about um, Stone Rock? I, it was in just New York. A, we were just like, yo, supposedly they're bringing in like this this Cali dude to Lotus, and we we're like, yo, Stone Rock, like for real. And then we were like talking about it, right? And it just became like this buzz of like, yo, let's see how this dude is doing because he's gonna be at Lotus, right? Yeah. Which was which which was to put it in perspective, Marquee before Marquee. I mean, Lotus, Lotus was yeah. the Lotus, club. Lotus didn't yeah. have any bad DJs in nah. there. Nah. So like, Goldfinger Sundays. Yeah. I'd play some Sundays. MLS came up on some Eric Sundays. LePoe. Eric LePoe bodying it. Stretch uh, Armstrong. Stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Soul Wednesdays with me and you'd play and uh, that's a fucking lineup. Yo, it was. <laughs> Uh, every now and then they get I Mark I in there I came in like the tail end of like Lotus like the last maybe three or so years when they were like popping yo but uh, Lotus, a, Lotus was run. like a it was like an epic spot man Lotus yeah. was literally like 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 it was it was the like you know it, it, it was that spot it was mm-hmm. it, it was, was probably the new Central Fly right sure yeah B- bigger it than was that. bigger than it was that, so like, so yeah. Cent- yeah. Central Fly was like Mark Ronson yep uh like and Q-tip, they had a residency yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, yeah. that was like kind of, yeah. And then Central Fly closed, and then Lotus just became like the new Central Fly. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Yes. And Central Fly was like the new spa, kind of, right? Yes. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right yeah. after spa. Yeah. Yep. And like, you know, uh, shout out to Eric LePoe, who was so dope. Um, I remember he didn't own turntables. He didn't own turntables, but he was playing at spa. I think it was Tuesday nights with a hot night yeah. when Ronson mm-hmm. was the resident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would come through, and Mark wasn't that strong on the reggae set. Yeah. So he would just come through and play the reggae set. They used to twice. do that at Rebar. Yes. He used to be Rebar his, his well. reggae DJ at Rebar. Yeah. Right. He would body it on the reggae set, mm-hmm. did not own turntables, came through with a bag of records, bodied it. Came with just, 45s. 45s at that. And, just, and would just... And was like super low key, like All right, so super it, low key. Did you tell me a story that you helped him put together a hip hop set? No, Eric Lepoe? No. Nah. I mean, listen, someone, I wouldn't be surprised someone, if somebody did. Someone told me they helped him put together a hip hop set. It could have been Ted the Dillinger. Maybe, okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, they were I, in some spots together. So I think Ted the Dillinger would tell me stories about Eric Lepoe because. Eric LePoe, when I was coming up, was like one of the illest DJs. Like he, he was like the, un, the understudy of like Mark Ronson, yes. and he was just like taking over from where Mark Ronson left off. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I would listen. I would stay from like eleven to close listening to Eric LePoe, and I'd be yo, like, "Yo, this dude's fucking insane." A hundred percent. The smoothest mixes. Smoothest. Yeah. To this, oh, you, that's we took the words out of my mouth. That's what I was gonna say. His programming is just flawless. Flawless. Yeah. yeah. Flawless, mixing smooth, was like perfect. Blends, yeah. mm-hmm. Perfect. His timing. He even has like a way about like how he like kind of like touches the 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 vine. Like he almost like you know how like uh, I don't know if you guys know that um like like Rich Medina doesn't touch the vinyl. Like he doesn't touch the top of the record. He only like he's such a collector and like a like a like a purist that he yeah. like he doesn't want his fingerprints. He doesn't want his like fingerprints yeah. on the vinyl. It's like, um, but Eric Lepoe just has this like smooth like way about his like mannerisms or how he's like bringing in the record and it's just like you're like, bow. You're like, oh what? Um, so but, Ted, well, yeah. Ted Dillinger said that uh, yeah, like Eric Lepoe was like the go-to reggae dude, hundred percent. But hundred percent. And I, I, I want to say this is Eric Lepoe and this is Ted Dillinger. The story, but mm. he would like he would talk about Eric Lepoe that he would bringing these 45s of like these reggae 45s mm-hmm. on a paper towel dispenser oh my god so he'd oh have a paper god. towel dispenser with all these 45s on it and he would just bring that to the club that's crazy and i think he told and then he went to ted the dillinger was like yo i gotta i gotta fill in for mark ronson and i don't know how i can do it and then he was like well like i'm gonna show you how you can do some of these He's like, here's some hip hop. Here's some, here's some, like, I'll, I'll show you some hip hop shit. I believe it. For some reason, I, I thought it was you. It was, I never think, no, I forget. He, um, I remember I, he did fill in for Mark one night. Yeah. He was like, yo, can you come to the club with me? Whatever, hang out, whatever. This is like my first time, like, kind of headlining. Yeah. And I was like, so yeah, it was you. It was you then. But I ain't tell him what to play, though. I ain't giving him his selection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was like, yo, he was like, yo, I'm kind of nervous. This and that. You should come hang out. And I'm like, yo, bet. Let's do it and shit. And this was, it was at two hours. Two eyes, two eyes, of course, yeah. yeah. I, I got to remember, but I got to remember who that who was telling me about the paper towel dispenser. Yeah, if you listen to this and you were the person with that story, at us, <laughs> shout him out, like you know, what I'm saying? because I was so shocked. I was so shocked because I was like that dude for real. Like he just did reggae, and then you mm-hmm. know, it was just just a, like a yeah. hired assassin who just comes in and like body shit and just like just walks out like yeah, I just killed you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I just came in with like exactly, just the yeah. like the sniper, sniper and like all right, now, y'all go back to the war again. All right, I'm out. Um, t- 
to to touch on what you were saying about um and and, and to to Eric's credit, Eric was also modeling. Eric was yeah. doing his thing. He was he was, he was popping. Tommy Hilfiger, right? Hot Hilfiger. He was he go. Oh, he was he was popping. Uh, and I always thought um, that he was somebody who 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 should he he would be a much bigger DJ, much more established, like larger big ticket DJ right now if he had had management. Mm. And I always felt like not that. only that he also moved to Miami right for yeah. a minute. But I think part of that was because I think I don't know. I mean, listen, I don't know. I I think like. You know, I think he is a low key personality. He's real chill, and I think yeah, he uh, needed a buffer. He needed someone yeah, he, like fighting for yeah, his corner, a hundred percent, and with his better interests and everything. Yes, yeah. yes, because he like 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 you know in that in that small handful of of, of DJs in the pool, he was definitely in the upper echelon yeah, of like yeah. talents like there's no question mm -hmm. his program and his music can hang with anybody and he could body it along with anybody and and i just felt like um i always remember thinking like man like if this guy just had a little more support he he should be on those flights every week he should be you right. know getting those mm -hmm. you know big zeros and all that other stuff because he he the music was there you mm -hmm. know what i mean and and um and and you know once you get once you spoke to him and got to know him this guy's like awesome you know so yeah. um i, I want to say something about you know just to touch back a little bit like you know there's like you know th there are reasons to the success there are reasons you know like i i, I was talking to some djs and i was talking to a rapper i was working with and i was like um you know like you have to want it as bad as Kobe Bryant wanted it. You have to want it as bad as Jordan wanted it. Jordan, there's that story about like he saw some kids playing in uh, the park near his crib that he used to shoot at, and he took their ball. He took their ball. Little kids. And did what? He took it so they couldn't play, so they couldn't get better than him. Oh shit! Straight oh. up, <laughs> I straight I, up. Michael right. Jordan was like, "Nah, I took their ball because they're gonna keep practicing, and they one day could get better than me. And I wanted that. I wanted more than they wanted." Wait, as an as an adult or as a, as a as kid? A, he was an older teenager. <laughs> oh my god! And he was like, "Fuck that." <laughs> Taking that. That's fucked up. No, that's completely fucked up. I don't know if that's a good message. Man. No, I, I, I'm not telling you. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I'm not. I don't mean to. I don't mean to promote that. Like, yo, go like burn some kids like computer timetables. I don't mean that. But I'm just saying, like, like, yo, like, like those kids might DJ better than me. I'm gonna beat the shit out of them and break their hands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, Michael Jordan was super foul. Yeah. I'm gonna like, take their needles and not give it to them. Uh, no, but I also heard Jordan used to have like crazy. Like, like if you miss it, like Bill Paxson or whatever. The, oh yeah, John Paxson. John Paxson. If, if you were like those, like those other out, out, you know, supporting role players, B.J. Armstrong, stuff, if, and you miss big shots, yo, you were like he was. You were going to get the shit like, like kicked out of you verbally and like practice wise. You were gonna like you were gonna get it. Like yeah. he was like yo. Come ready. He took yeah. you out of yeah. the Christmas list. He, he would like, yo, yeah. like you. There were penalties to you not, you know, doing your job, job and playing your role. Right. Um, but like, you know, listen, like I, I remember going out, and you know, as we all do, I'm sure. I remember literally going out every night. Um, I, I, the same kid who had that that business card had a fucking pen and a piece of paper, a pad, mm -hmm. and I was going out and I was watching the DJs. 
I was D nice. I was watching DJs, yeah. not just D nice. Not, I'm not putting that label yeah. in there. <laughs> but like, but we I, all did that. We all yeah, did that. Like, yeah, like I was fucking writing the songs down. I was, you know, we were pre Shazam. I was like looking at the reaction of like, I was looking so closely that I was like, I'm not going to play that because you played that and it didn't hit. But mm-hmm. I'm going to play that, 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 and that. But don't you yeah. think it's interesting that everyone had a style, even though we were so close? Yeah. Big Ben had a style. Yes. Uh, Annie Quinn had a style. Yes. Uh, Ellie Escobar had a style. Rakhtakhan had a style. I had my own style. Yes. Everyone had a style, but no one was really sounding nah. the same. The same. I mean, we might play some of the same records I mean, or whatever, yeah. but I mean, everyone was very much like they had their own shit. You totally, know what I mean? Totally. We, I feel like in our era, and I'm not saying that the kids don't do it now because they do. They, they, they're they all up on SoundCloud and they're all up on YouTube and they're, they're all up on the like the some of the resources that they have now for discovery. Um, but like research is such a key component of the success of us as right. DJs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I remember... A DJ asking me from the agency or something like that, or a younger DJ like looking to get on and ask, yo, can I open or this and that? Um, and 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 they were asking maybe one of the questions they asked was like, you know, what's like the like what's one of the key elements to you know the DJ being successful? And it's preparation. Mm-hmm. It is fucking preparation. The guy who is the most prepared is like anything else, like anything else in life. If you are prepared for the opportunity when it comes, you have a chance to succeed. If I have, if I have done the research on the '80s crates or the house, the EDM or the electro or the trap, or the, if I've done that research and I'm fucking prepared, when that moment comes in, we're fucking, uh, you know, whoever, the, uh, you know, uh, some celebrity, somebody comes in the room, comes, yeah, I can seize that moment. Yeah. Because I'm prepared, you know. If, if I'm prepared, if I prepared myself for somebody to say, "Yo, you got to do a shout out." Yo, here's a microphone. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? If I prepared myself and my show and my my preparation for this craft is that I'm gonna have that element in my tool bag in my wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. When I yeah. came to Vegas, Vice didn't have that element in his tool bag, but he's such a a a, a, a dedicated and such a focused and hungry artist that he said I'm going to listen to Reach I'm going to listen to this other guy I'm going to listen to somebody else and I'm going to push myself into the fucking ocean and I'm going to figure it out mm-hmm. and I, I, you know props to Vice props to everybody else who's who's found some part of this 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 journey and, and, and uh, you know the challenges that come in front of us and met them head on and said yo you know what like oh shit we gotta start doing marketing now now we gotta start having a, 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 a Instagram presence you know cause I was against that change when it came to Serato yeah. I was a dinosaur. I was like, yo, nah, yo, chill. Let's keep it real. I'm gonna put my fucking res my fucking contract in jeopardy over me wanting to have a, a, a narrow mind or wanting to not go outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I had to change yeah. that. Yeah. If you're not busy, there's a Bob Dylan quote, if you're not busy getting born, then you're if if you're not busy getting born, then you're then you're busy getting dying. Or something like that. It's like if you're not if you're not constantly evolving, then you're on your way towards decline. You're, if you're not if you're not be growing, then you're you know essentially kind of like 
Just fall in the You can stay in the same yeah. place and everybody else could go yeah. forward you, you, while you, you, you look behind. Exactly. So you, reach so reach, did yes. you buy like the new phases yet? Nah, but I peeped them. <laughs> I peeped them. I peeped them. See now my 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 judgment of something like that is I think it's cool, but is it necessary for my goal? But you're on CDJs now, right? Uh yes. Yeah. I'm on CDJs. And then yes. like, are you on Serato DJ Pro or is still I just downloaded the so yeah. I had a DJ Pro like literally three weeks ago because I got to a gig and they were like, you have to use this. And so I was like, fuck. And I downloaded it. Um, you know, that's the thing. Like, yeah, like I, I think I think it's 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 it, there, there's always going to be things that are a challenge for you, too. There's always going to be th- things that, you know, come easier than other things. Like for me, maybe the politicking side of things comes easy. Like, yo, yeah, you know what? Put me in the room. I'll work the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll I'll I'll. I'll, uh, th- that that was something that I realized kind of early too was was sorry was the uh, the popularity contest and 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 how important that is to your success and uh, when I look at my Vegas experience you know when I was there on a regular regular basis one of the things I, I I spent I took like some of the personality things or some of the things that kind of got me to that to that place like yo you know partying with people drinking with them shaking hands and kissing babies being a mayor and um and i i let i leaned so hard on some of those things that i didn't uh that that i i I neglected other aspects of my brand and i neglected other aspects of what i needed to be bringing to the table what would that be I was partying and, 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 you know, I would bring 20 girls to the club or I'd try to bring a birthday or sell some tables. And I'm like, yo, if I sell these tables, then the owners are going to feel, they're going to they're gonna appreciate that because that's what works back in New York. Mm-hmm. If I bring 20, 30, 40, uh, this and this and that, I'm, I'm at dinner with 10 people in the restaurant. Boom, they're going to walk by. They're going to see me with mad people. Like, yeah, okay, there he is. He's supporting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't immerse myself into the Vegas community. And I watched Vice and Sujit do that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that. I got on the first flight out on Sunday morning, hung over, and got the fuck out of there. Because <laughs> I, if I stayed any longer, I was going to be in the hospital. We were talking, you know we, were, we were talking about, about you were one of the few dudes, and I don't know how many years you were doing this, Yeah, but you were flying out to Vegas every week. Weekly. and you, it, Five you, years. Five weekly. years. Weekly. Weekly. I, I like to the point where JetBlue changed their they changed their frequent flyer policy for people because of people like me. <laughs> I was getting a free ticket to anywhere JetBlue flies every other week. Wow! So I had so many free tickets. Uh, I was flying people out with me. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go to Vegas? Yeah. I was flying people out with me all the time because I was just racking up all these free flights mm-hmm. and um and and you know. And, and that's the thing is like you know I I, I looked at it also like th- th- there were things that there were misconceptions I had and working with artists now on the other side of the table uh, from uh, a management perspective I now see some of the uh, some of the things that I was doing that were working against my career like there were times when I'd be like uh, uh, I was being difficult to manage as a as a as an artist there were times when I'd I, I wasn't I wasn't I, I was thinking like, well, you know, listen, I'm I'm just kind of gonna go in and like, fuck shit up and make my presence felt, and then like go and then bounce and like and like, 
and 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 that's my contribution versus like and it was you know versus kind of really because I, I what what put me in that position to get that that res, some of those residencies early on was really approaching this craft as a as a business and saying what what are the what are the uh so basically you're saying like you should have like when you were coming out to vegas you should yes. have stayed there an extra couple of days yes you should have mixed it up with some of the other vegas some yes people. the local promoters 100 yeah. 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 percent. i should have hung out i should have i should have said this opportunity is so big that uh i'm going to stay an extra night uh i'm gonna stay an extra night or two Maybe I'll get a place out here. I'm going to go to that after hours and shake hands. I'm going to go during the daytime. I'm going to make sure I know the names of the staff members. The way I did in New York, I knew every, to this day, busboys dap me up that I worked with 20 years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, doorman, uh, I walk in a place that, I, it's a new place that opens, uh, and, and I, I, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I don't know anybody there. And a security guy's like, yo, man, I remember when you had the Range Rover in 2003 and you was a DJ and I never seen a DJ with a Range Rover. Yo, you killed it back then. I'm like, I know you like, you know, what I mean? but like, you know what I mean? Like just I made sure that I made an impression to this day. Now I'm back to, you know, um, I just played in Chicago before I left the club. I shook every person's hand in the room before I left. Yo, Real I'm, talk. I'm not gonna lie. He used to do Playhouse in L.A., and I, he always like, "Yo, come up here, come hang out." And he's rocking the fucking shit <laughs> with the fucking towel. But he made me feel like I was his boy. I'm sure I wasn't his boy, Yo, but, but he made me feel mad. Did, did you remember him? I, the funny thing is, I remember your face, and I'm like, "Yo, why do I, I know him?" Like, and I don't remember when we hung, yeah. but now you put it. Yeah, like that was like I don't know. I I, I just think. Go ahead. Yeah, like you were gonna say, like no, no, yeah, yeah. You were just like rocking the shit, but you made everybody in that booth like feel mad special. Like we were boys for twenty years. I was like, yo, I'm just hanging out with Reach, and he's <laughs> rocking the shit. And I'm, I'm like doing the research of like you know the way you would work that fucking room, and I'm like, man, this guy is mad dope. And I mean, now they call you the mayor. I mean, it makes fucking sense. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, you but know, reach, reach. You don't have yeah. to pretend like you remember his face. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, no. Literally, literally, it's not I fake the fuck. No, nah, real talk. Like I never I, forget I a face. Your, your face. <laughs> nah, literally, like I never forget a face. No yo, joke. No. Like I, I, I would reach, not be reach, able to place it. I reach. would never been able to say. <laughs> reach, yo, yo, you don't but remember like, this motherfucker. You yeah, don't remember. Stop he, being nice. You, different? you, you don't remember this motherfucker. No, I'm not saying. You just think he was skinnier. I was about forty pounds. <laughs> that's okay I was too that's alright <laughs> um, he still rocked the blazer at that time by the way I did right? yo them blazers were fucking hot man I'm telling you I was sweating I was dying at what point did you too- hang up all the blazers um you know I started to realize like like you know it kind of ran its course yeah. and, and, and and there were times when I, I just felt like okay cause there was like a line between like I've always felt that um and I noticed about DJ Cassidy as well. Um, and I think he got this probably from his dad, who's a legendary uh, uh, concert promoter. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah. Um, but um, but I think, and he's never said this, but I, this is what I um, assume is the mentality behind his approach to his look. There's, a men- there's one sort of a perspective that is a superstar has a look. Mm-hmm. And it's a look that you... 
when you see them, you associate that look with them. You're like, yeah. oh, that's the guy who, we're, that's the Run DMC guys who wear the Adidas right. and their top hats. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or that's the rocker who wears the fucking, you know, I don't know, the super skinny jeans, like the, whoever the first, you know, like whoever coined well, it, it and it, really it owned it. It becomes a, a uniform almost. Exactly. Like a personality uniform. So yeah. like when you, like for example, Flavor Flav with the clock yes. around his neck. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's just these iconic figures like, you know, when you look at like Bart Simpson, Bart Simpson is always wearing the same fucking yes. thing. And not saying that you have to always wear the same thing. But black Bart or but, regular Bart? I mean, <laughs> black Bart was. <laughs> but it's just having a consistent look. And in fashion, we call it like, you know, when you're a designer, you don't want to be trendy. You want to be kind of like uniform. timeless. Yes. You want to be timeless. So you want to create a uniform for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it could be adapting, like, you know, like for me. At one point when I was DJing and I was like, and I had my clothing brand and you had a clothing brand, Orchard, mm -hmm. Orchard Street OS. I was it, a big it, fan. It was really, it was really my, my, oh, sorry. It was really. Your homie, It was right? really my, my, be, my two best, two of my best friends. Yeah. And, and they were like, yo, you're the guy who's out there. Like, this is yours too. Yeah. Give this to everyone. Yeah. Like, give this to whoever. Give this, I want to so, talk yeah, about that. Yeah, but back yeah. to the uniform, I was trying to figure out how I wanted to look. And I just said, look, I love wearing black. So I'm just going to wear all black and white sneakers. Mm. And that just became like my uniform, my look. And I would just always wear all black and white sneakers. Yeah. And it just became like an identity. Yes. So like just it's just a uniform that you kind of put together for yourself. And you can keep updating it through the times. Yeah. Because black is timeless. Sure, sure. And Hell white yeah. sneakers are timeless. So like yeah. for me, that was just kind of my uniform. Yeah. But back to Orchard Street. Oh, because, shit. No, because. <laughs> that, what's your, what's your, I, yeah, it was actually, crazy. Veach got us um, into new. We had Orchard Street that new. Yes. Yes. You. Yeah. You wow. You hooked it up. Yes. <laughs> um, and you know what's crazy is um, my, my shout out to my brothers uh, Greg Bennett and uh, and 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 my brother uh, Ben Holloway. They were the founders and they were like the creative and business everything behind mm -hmm. the company. I was a friend who was just the the poster boy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 I was just like family on that well, level they had that one t-shirt that blew the fuck yes. up with uh jay-z wore the yellow orchard street t-shirt yeah, yeah. pimp accordingly mm -hmm. yeah with pimp the accordingly women. and yeah. it was uh, it was in the front end video with yeah, pharrell. pharrell yeah so the story of that is <laughs> yeah, how did you get him on that with that t-shirt on him so because okay. mel debarge shout out to mel debarge he's a gearhead he's yeah. a clothing like he actually put me on to orchard street yeah and then yeah. he actually put me on to a lot of like uh like sneak i bet the time dunks were like the shit right yeah mm -hmm. so he put me on to a lot of that Shit, Mel's yeah. closet and Mel's. When you have a Mel interview, please talk about uh, you know his fashion yeah, because yeah. his closet. I've never personally seen it, but I just know from speaking to him. He's also in that group text. Yeah, I got to throw y'all in that group text. Uh, <laughs> rap chat. Uh, you know his closet is insane. His sneaker game. His and he was like a low head back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, dealing low. Wearing low, collecting oh, really? low, yeah. Oh, shit. So he knew some of my homies from mm -hmm. back then, from Canal Street, who used to hustle low mm -hmm. back then, and we started talking names. And I, me and him in this, like, we were just texting, and it was like, "Yo, you know my man Fong?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? That's my homie." Like, you know, and just talking about just you know spots where yo remember when they used to be, you know, this yo when the the ski when the yeah, suicide yeah. dropped and you know, crazy <laughs> shit but like um so yeah, man. back to how'd you get that shirt on jay-z that oh, so yeah. okay so uh uh one of the homies 
girlfriend was June Ambrose, who's Jay Z's longtime um, stylist. stylist. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was his assistant. She was her assistant, and she was working for June. And uh, and 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 June, she June was like, I need some streetwear. Yeah, and um, and she was like, Oh, I'll go out and find some new brands. And she knew the homies, and she was like, "Yo, you guys have a clothing company, right?" Like, and they just connected like, it, and like, just got yeah. some teas there. And, and and my my boy, who's one of the founders, that was his wifey, oh, one of the founders of Orchard Street, Greg. That was his wifey at the time, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Baby, I like, I'm gonna make this shit happen." Right, right. And so she like brought it in, and, and like, you know, put it in the in the dressing room. Was like, and June was like, "Oh, I love that," and like, mm-hmm. you know, that, and and that, and and what the, what they did was. That shirt, once he wore that, they had an opportunity. They were like, either we blow it out and this is the shirt that just sells. We just lead with this shirt to accounts and we go like, we have the shirt that Jay wore in the video yeah. or we make it into you can never get this shirt. Right. And so they went the direction of like, you can no never one's get ever this getting this shirt. Yeah. So people were just like, yo. But you know, what's crazy about them is um, they had a great run. Uh, they were pre-hundreds, pre-10-deep. Yeah. Uh, well, it if, was if, if it you, was the, if, the emergence of quote unquote streetwear. Emergence of street. If you if you ask, um, Virgil just hit my boy Greg because he's still involved in fashion. Uh, he works at Bravado, which does all the merchandise mm-hmm. for uh, you know a lot of concert all, all merch. The univer- they do like a lot of concert yes. merch and like yeah. Uh, almost, they're owned by Universal Music Group, and they are like the built-in merch company for universal music group yeah. they, uh, I mean, they, they work for j cole and like uh and yep. dreamville they do like i mean they Travis. do the production and they just make sure like it's it's a big uh it's a logistical nightmare to get concert merch to the arenas in different cities yep. and and like you sell out of shit and you need to go into production and restock right and i think bravado handles all the logistics of like yo these are the designs these are the tour dates we're gonna make sure there's enough stock yep. so you guys can keep selling throughout all the tour dates yeah because when i used to uh help dreamville with that shit mm. it was a it was a nightmare like just like how do you even know product levels going from one city well, it's not to only that it's just like knowing like no one keeping no one was keeping track of inventory right. and then like sales yo, and then yeah. we, we got north carolina and we have to like and we they're like ramping we need, up we need uh two thousand t's by by this Thursday, it'll be like Monday, and I'm like, "Fuck!" And oh, I'd have to like get that over there. Yo, one wow. time we might have to fly out to New York with three boxes of merch for the J Cole show. Yeah, wow, yeah. that's commitment, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we got to New York. That's the night of the show, just in time. Like yeah. just in time. Yeah, yeah. Yo, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So that that like for like, that that's, that's a that's, that's a business. Bravado do. Yeah, that's a business. Do. So one of my boys is the CEO of Bravado, and then the other my other boy Greg from Orchard Street is the uh, is uh, like you know one of the head designers I believe or something like that. Um, but on another business note, he's actually I can't say that. My old business partner uh, Jed, who was my promoting partner, yeah, yeah. and who mm-hmm. gave me that. That he he went on with another friend. We all, uh, except for Jed, we all, me and the the CEO kid and, and the orchestra kids, we all wrote graffiti together. Yeah. And um, so I introduced, or you know, in my in my my, my little social circle, um, 
my my former partner Jed became friends with a, another kid I used to write graffiti with. His name is John, uh, John McFeeters, and they went on to open up um, Stadium Goods, which right. just got acquired oh, by Farfetch for two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, so he's, he's they're, they're chilling. Those, yeah, yeah. The, the two homies, shout out <laughs> to them. They're, they, I just yeah. I just recently, yeah. I think in the past <laughs> year and a half or two years, note uh, uh, I didn't know that Jed was behind Stadium Goods. Yeah. And, and when I put two and two together, I'm like, oh, makes yeah, sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Dude, that, that and he's low key. He's like yeah. low key dude. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Def- but but he ain't like he's. You know, I, he does- I think I saw a picture with Miss Info because Miss so Info- so his business partner John, yeah. his wife is Miss Info. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like Miss Info is married to the other partner, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah, and then I saw Jed in a picture. I was like, "What the fuck?" Is <laughs> and I was like tying it in. I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, those Jed's behind Stadium Goods too." Yeah, and he used to be an investor in Greenhouse Nightclub, like uh, the like the last chapter of Greenhouse before. Were you at Greenhouse too? Uh yeah, I was at Greenhouse. I was not a partner in there, but yeah. I was like, you know, I was one of the DJs there and uh, Greenhouse and Whip. We were just talking. Uh, we yeah. we just had Big Ben here. We were just talking oh, yeah. about Greenhouse days and shit. Yeah, yo, listen, man, Greenhouse. You know, there's there's some. Uh, club owners in like some like New York, you know, some a portion of like the like a little more bougie scene that's like, you know, hip, greenhouse was hip hop, whatever. Like little looks a little down on it, like like some of the hip hop spots, urban spots get looked down on. But greenhouse actually had like a really nice run. First they they you know they did well financially, and they would have literally have Drake, J Cole. Uh, you know, uh, Trey songs, um, mm-hmm. Chris Brown, Chris Brown, all the Knicks like in the room in this tiny little spot. You know what I mean? And 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 then they started a second club in the basement. They just took basement space and made it into a club called Whip. Yeah. And that's where the legendary, the, not, not legendary, but the you know the big the, fight between the, uh, Drake, and Chris and Drake. And Drake happened, yeah. and that that really was the undoing of the club. Um, but but to the credit of those guys, it was about to be. Like a kind of a, like a groundbreaking spot for New York in that moment because what, what years was that popping? Wow, that was that had to be the bottle tossing happened two thousand thirteen. Like, I want to say, mm, yeah, yeah, that's not yeah. about right. That's not yeah. about right. So I think it got so closed like, like two years after. So it that. was like one of the few hip hop. Yeah, it was one of the few hip hop clubs in New York. And Greenhouse had been open for a few years already at that point. Yeah, but Whip, but Whip was like maybe like. Yeah, I don't know. Probably like 2013. Because yeah. everyone was pretty much predominantly going the EDM route, and Greenhouse yeah. was sticking with Carrying like hip hop. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and you know, uh, shout out to DJ Spade. Spade was a promoter there, yeah. and um and he um and and that's where he kind of like earned his chops and stuff too. In terms of like, he realized like, wait a second, why am I gonna hustle as a promoter when the DJ's making like five six hundred dollars just showing up and playing the music <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about that because you have a promotional yeah. background right yeah and at some at some point like you came up with alex and jed yes and i was saw those guys as the promoters and you obviously promoted too as well yeah. but it was it I, was, we separated it for purposefully yeah we, we made we, we wanted it to look like they were the promoters and i was the dj right because the truth is this is the truth when I came out of school, I was like, I'm gonna DJ. I knew I was gonna DJ, and um, and 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 then when I got to the point where I really started doing business with clubs and promoters, I was like, they're not gonna pay pay a black DJ to spin and to promote. So these were my two friends who were coming to see me no matter what, mm-hmm. and I said, guys, you're coming and hanging out. You know, you're in the booth. We're chilling. I'm getting you free drinks. We're all chilling. Whatever. I'm trying to meet girls. Whatever. Whatever. I was like. 
Why don't we turn this into a business? Is it because they think if you're a black promoter, you're going to bring black people? I just didn't or think like, they would pay a black guy two checks. And fairly. I think I it's a I little think bit of would, both. I didn't think that they would... That, it might have been that too. Yeah. I didn't think that they would pay me because I knew how many people we could bring from our college network. Right. And, and from our college network and also me growing up in the city, like I knew mad people. So I was like, between my New York City network and then all the kids who came from our college from our year or the year before or the year after, they were all moving back from, you know, moving from Connecticut to New York was like an obvious two-step. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So like, you know, we had such a presence, me and my man Jahi Sunnis had such a presence on campus that it was like, yo, like it, it's, you're staying in your, sort of like your party comfort zone right. to come to where we're at, like like you mentioned, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so, so I knew it, if we're going to bring 50 people, they're not going to pay me, they're going to pay me a dollar a head or $2 a head. They're not going to pay me what all the other promoters are getting. So literally before I made them my partner, the first thing I did, and, I, and Alex Cordova could vouch for this, was they're like, I made up a fake name, Mr. Wonderful from WWF. So I said, the promoter is Mr. Wonderful. And they're like, well, when, when do we, I swear to God, they were like, when do we get to meet him? And I was like, nah, he doesn't go out. He just has the people come and like, I'm just the middle man Are you for him. I swear up? to God. I swear to God. Reach, you're either, evil, to you're either a genius or you're fucking out of your mind. I swear. Yo. I'm going to go with genius. I swear. So I had a, a, a fake promoter, a guy who did not exist and it was his list. I was mm -hmm. like, yo, this is Mr. Wonderful's list. And they were like, all right. And they were like, I was like, and, and, and then it got to the point they were like, he, who is this guy? We want to meet him. We're not cutting any more checks for him until we meet him. And so I was like, what the fuck do I do? I was like, it's Alex and Jed. Mm. And then they were like, yo, all right, fuck it. Like, let's let's make some money. So then they got serious about it. Right. And then we were then we were really like a unique, we were the, we in, in that moment, we were really like a unique little um, kind of team because we were the only team that had the DJ in the booth Jed at the, a guy at the door, Jed, and then a guy hosting the table, Alex, mm -hmm. and we all were like fucking focused on our roles, right? And so, um, so that really made us come up quickly. We, you know, we booked AM for one of his last M two was us. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, some you know anybody who's been going out in New York in that moment, uh, M two Thursdays was like bananas like you know am I, we did a hundred thousand dollars at the bar with am uh you know we had i mean at one point uh you know we had a, one or two partners too but at one point we had you know trey songs we had like people were coming through like it was, that was greenhouse essentially before greenhouse i pink did, elephant wednesdays we started that yeah a lot it, of parties we started you didn't know? pm also bring you guys on so pm we were in-house on fridays when i got the contract in vegas Jakissa, DJ Kiss, was a waitress and she kept coming to the booth and was like, yo, you DJs, I love the way you guys play. Mm. When I left to go to Vegas, I was like, I gotta find somebody to take my spot. I gave it to MOS. Mm -hmm. So he got the residency and you know they they got closer and now they're married and yeah, killing yeah. it, crushing it. And that's it. actually how yeah. Kiss and MOS met and everything. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. yeah, PM back in the day was, you know, we, we talk about Serafina here in New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Serafina, you know, was, I mean, that party was legendary. Legendary. And it was put together by Unique and Kiki, yeah. who mm -hmm. were these, these Haitian brothers at mm -hmm. the time. And they started promoting these parties. And they were really the face of, like, the fashion world. Yes. And yeah. having, like, all of these fashion models and, and putting on these amazing, like, parties. And Unique was, like, kind of... 
the more uh, outspoken like yes. showman he would get on the mic yes and he'd have this this is crazy ass. this is crazy dj 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 play that sheet play that sheet <laughs> he had a thick ass haitian yes. accent uh-huh. stop the music stop the music yes stop the music dj play play this and he would and he would like really push that euro house yes and he kind of and i think that was the emergence of really house invading like the mainstream models because, and bottles. Because in the early 2000s, I mean, it was definitely like we had a little bit of like the mojo and mm-hmm. like yeah. lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, music sounds <laughs> sound better. better. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. We yes. had like follow One me. More time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had all of that. funk a little bit. I, rem- yeah. I remember Jason Strauss hated that record. He would be like, anybody who plays that record is fired. Like, yeah. he, you're not getting paid that night. That was that <laughs> song was banned, right? One more time. Yeah. Yeah. One more time you can play that. And it was but, such but, a monster. But wait a second. But yet you can play, uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, they had the whole presentation for uh, Sandstorm. Sandstorm, <laughs> which was like you're like what the fuck? <laughs> so no vocals, no but like, vocals. But no one was playing that kind of that Euro house. Yeah, no one was yeah. bringing that Euro house. That kind of like and like that Bob Sinclair sound. Yeah. And, just like, and then that was the emergence of like to me. I I kind of credit Unique and Kiki for bringing that in PM. Yeah, and kind of pushing that. That Euro Ibiza house and bringing it to like the actual mm-hmm. Pangea kind of did it, but they never mixed yeah. it with the hip hop. Right, and they had it just all kept it all one. house Pangea. Right. Yeah, it was like I, house I, DJ. I, I, I was know? doing mm-hmm. open format at Pangea on Mondays with Was at the door, um, but that was like towards the like latter chapters. I actually before. DJed the first uh, hip hop party at Pangea. Yeah. Oh wow, get out of here! Yeah, it was. Was it a one off? I think or was it was like Unique a, and Kiki. It was Wednesday. Oh, I believe there. it. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, but I probably think. after maybe. After Serafina closed, maybe they needed a spot. Yeah, it was exactly know. like Before that. Before they yeah. got PM, probably something like that. Um, but yeah, so like PM yeah. was that club that, that was Unique and Kiki's first club where they were the face of the club. The mm-hmm. crazy thing about that, and I'm glad that you mentioned that, is these are two Haitian guys who come from nothing. Mm-hmm. And their story is really a crazy story too because people used to joke and say, those guys used to hand out flyers on the beach in Miami for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like to try to get right. their list. Going, and they went on to you know sit with fashion royalty, nightlife royalty, celebrity royalty, and like Usher, they were crushing it. Usher Mm -hmm. would come to the club, like yo, they Diddy would everyone come to the club, and and give them that like 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 you know if you look at unique like the thing is also there wasn't social media back then, yeah, which is crazy. Like if there was social media in the early 2000s, yeah. man. These guys would be legends. Yo. Man. I mean, I they're still a, legends. I've, but, I've, you know. I have a few million to yeah. stash right now. <laughs> not that I don't know. <laughs> but um, no, um, IRS, you didn't hear that. Um, no, but uh, yeah, so like uh, that's the thing is like um, those dudes really kind of came from nothing and built this thing. And they were like, they had a, a uh, they had one of the toughest doors, Aramis. Oh, arguably, yes. arguably the toughest dude. door ever in New York. Arguably, was he tougher than? Um, yes. Yes. yes, yes, I used to they, they, I yes. used to DJ at PM, uh-huh. and he wouldn't let me in Straight on my up. off nights. <laughs> Watts did the same thing to me and Marquis. Yeah. I came back. I came on a Wednesday, right? I think Rockticon was playing yeah. in the main room. They were like, "Yo, Rock, play the main room," and I came to see him, and I was like. Oh hey, what's up? and I'm you know super respectful, just waiting for like other paying customers to go in and waiting for my turn. And I was like, hey man, and he's like, yeah, hey, how you doing? And I was like, this boss is like, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm DJ from Tuesdays and Thursdays. He's like, it's not Tuesday or Thursday. 
It was Wednesday. Yeah. Shit. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yo, I used to be scared of watch. Yo, I was DJing. Um, remember Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, of course. It was a Halloween party, and I had invited this girl I was talking to to come come hang out. Yeah. So she tried to get to the door, and she was like, Watts was like, nah, I'm not. I can't let you in. And she was like calling me. She's like, never. Can you come and get me? And I'm just like, ah, I can't. If Watts said no, that means no. You can't. <laughs> it's like, yo, at the same time, you're trying to preserve your job. Exactly, you're like, yeah. You're like, like, yo, man. <laughs> you're like, I'm lucky I'm yo, here myself. Right, so exactly. I ain't trying to fuck shit up. That was the feeling. You're like, yo, you know, I really want to get laid, but I want to have this career. Exactly, so like, man, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like it's like a way of the door guy checking you to be like, you know, I, I respect the fact that you work here, but you gotta respect the fact that I got a job to do, dude. True, and then true, like, because I remember the first couple times with Aramis, he wouldn't let me in. I would come in and I'd be like standing outside, and I'd be like, "Yo, uh, you know, like," and you, you know, when you kind of like when you're a resident, you've been there like maybe the first three weeks in a row. Yeah, you're yeah. feeling yourself a little oh, bit, yeah, like yeah. yo, like. So, so I would walk up to the door, here, like, and I, he would literally like make me wait, and then I'd be like, "Yo." Uh, Aramis, you know I DJ here, right? He's like, yeah, I know you DJ here. Like, he, he was just like stone, and he, yo, the crazy thing was, he lived in my neighborhood too in Harlem, and he was a preacher. Get oh, out of here! He was a preacher, so this was his night job. Oh wow! And I didn't so, know that. yeah, which is crazy because I'd see him going to church, mm-hmm. not my church, but he going to his, and like, yo, it was like night and day, and he'd be so much nicer. When I see him in the day, they're like, yeah. hey, how are you? How's your mom? <laughs> and then at the club, it'll be like Terminator. Like, Well, he had these sunglasses, man. Yeah. He had these like these sunglasses Wrap that, co- that, that covered, they were like the cool Modi sunglasses. Yes. yes. <laughs> and they would just cover like half of his face. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he used to like fuck with, like everyone that was on my guest list, he would fuck with them oh, yeah. all the time. I literally, okay, I have two, two quick stories, not even quick stories, but I'll just say what happened. I... There were two occasions when I walked out of a club that I was DJing in the middle of the night while DJing at the height of the night. And in both cases, it was because they weren't letting my list in. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I was feeling myself. And, you know, at the time, I was like, yeah, I showed them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I still, like, you know, some of my boys are like, yo, I can't believe you did that. Like, my one boy, he used to drive me to the club every night. Um, they wouldn't let him in. Mm-hmm. And the craziest thing, <laughs> I think, like Statue of Limitations, he beat the shit out of the, the manager who didn't let him in. Weeks later, he oh, like oh, I don't even know <laughs> that guy. He put the guy in the hospital. It was really bad. Um, but um, crazy. Uh, so yeah, let Reach have a guest list not Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so like yeah, they, in, in one case, I was doing this party and they, and they, they at, at uh, what was that spot? It was Greenhouse before Greenhouse. Uh, and what, was, they, what was before Greenhouse? What the hell yeah. was it called? Oh, I, f- I forget, but like they wouldn't let my boy in, and 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 I, and, and I knew my value. I had the Mister Wonderful list going. I was bringing more people. Oh wait, you know what I did to get my list? I used to pay a guy to stand by the bathroom and collect all the girls' emails. Oh wow! I used to pay a guy. He was a comedian. So he was mad funny. So you're waiting online and you have to go to the bathroom and he's telling jokes and he's like low key looks like he's a customer. Mm-hmm. And then he'd be like, yo, let me get your email. So I was getting so, I was, I had like a 20,000 person email list back in like 2007. It was nuts. I was like bodying it. Um, but yeah, so that was one time. The other time was um, they just, they didn't want to pay me more money 
because the more people I had coming in, they, I was getting paid as a, as a promoter. So mm-hmm. they, they would cap me at a certain number. So I was following. I had a promoter who was hosting the table for me. And I was like, yo, let me know what at what point they stop. They start saying that we don't have a list when people show up. And it was always like 20. They like capped me at 20. And like I walked out on the dude. And then they went on to be the owners of Catch. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and so like, you know, we were cool. We were cool. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it kind of was not the most. It's wisest thing for me to do because you never you never know what people are gonna go and on and do after. So mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't really get a lot of work from Catch and EMM groups, <laughs> you know. And they ended up being like rivals with the towel guys and yeah. those my guys. They, and they uh, ended up opening Ten June, which which was like at the time arguably yeah. the, one of the best clubs. Ten yeah. June yeah. crushed, yeah, crushed, crushed. And 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 and, and you know, I don't know. I'll get into the but there was like a lot of rivalry shit going on. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> That was yeah. a that was a weird time in New York though. I, I wanted to say something about um about oh shit what was it? I wanted to say something about oh yes about doormen, at least in New York. With this moment in nightlife where bottle service is kind of in a, a the, the bottle service model is sort of uh in it's going through transition right. It's going through clearly. I, going I through wanted transition. to talk to you about this about because I'm hearing a lot of DJs, uh, and I'm hearing a lot of them like you know they're going through a rough time in New York. It's not an easy New time. York, in New York, New York is going through it. Yeah. New York, it is not a great time to be a DJ in New York. I'll tell you that right now. Um, uh, it is. You know, there's major undercutting going on. The the the, the nightly pay is slashed in half, I, I thirds, mean, quarters. Motherfuckers are doing a whole night from like ten forty five to close. Yes, at at big clubs who are making good money. Yes, and they're doing it for like four hundred dollars. That's Sometimes crazy. That's less. Less. There's 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 time slots that are that DJs are doing that are prime time time slots I'm not gonna name any names for $250 that's crazy $350 $300 and it's how did did that happen undercutting is one of the things and you know once you you know well you know you're also just dealing with some very sophisticated operators right so they're able to assess the true value uh, what they see is what they see as the true value given it's like it's like the the scarcity model like they can when you know that there's a hundred people in line to play a set that's not as good but it's good enough passable, like serviceable get by serviceable you yeah. know what i mean and they're like thinking you know i was talking with the homie shout out dj mvm he's in that rap chat <laughs> shout out to the rap chat uh he was saying like yo listen Two hundred fifty dollars, like like what you're compromising though is you're compromising, uh, you you are compromising quality. You are compromising. Uh, we all know a good DJ, a great DJ, a talented DJ will take your sales and extend them and hold the room mm-hmm. and maybe get you that extra five k spender, ten k spender. Those that next round with the tables order that one more round of bottles right. in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which just the opportunity to possibly have that happen for an extra two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars, or whatever have you. 
I think it's worth it. But are people staying out as late in New York or no? People are staying out. It's 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 very without risking my job yeah. <laughs> in certain clubs. It's very formatted. People are very aware. It's very it, it, it's if you go out enough, it's easy to it's it's not easy, but you can see through some of the magic. You can see through some of the uh kind of like the experience that's being presented to you because there's a lot of promotion there's a lot of uh i mean explain it a little more simpler break it down I, like, I, I, yeah. i'm trying to be careful with my words so yeah, yeah. not to like well it, is, know, it, is it looking like, uh is it just the same is it just getting redundant the ex- experience is that what you're trying to say or not really is it I, yes it's, it's, it's becoming it's, manufactured it's very manufactured some, some might say that it's manufactured yeah and some might say that it's sort of cookie cut because um you know there's a couple of things going on for one i think well like day parties are coming up right well now yeah for this now this season uh and just in general day parties are becoming more popular but i think in new york the like and and i think you're seeing that around the country too i think it's true in la i think it's true in miami and i think it's true in vegas the downtown scene the alternate scene is starting to emerge more Downtown Vegas, downtown LA, downtown Miami, Wynwood, whatever. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's a, there's a counterculture that's that's saying we're not trying to do that bottle, mega, glossy, flossy. We're gonna go and do this, and we're gonna define ourselves by doing this. Mm-hmm. It's in New York. It's Brooklyn. In New York, it's Brooklyn. It's House of Yes. It's mm-hmm. Kinfolk. It's you know what I'm saying. It's these other. Uh, parties it's, it's, it's you know shout out to the homie Ellie Escobar for carrying a torch uh, Tiki, Disco, Tiki Disco shout out yeah. to and, and, and this yo damn I'm so glad that we got to I feel like Momo's um, Momo oh, you took the those down. words out of my mouth he would do the downtown shit so he started doing shit on the lower east side LES before yes. he started for everyday people all yeah. those other parties you've got that's exactly what I was going to talk about you have the emergence and this is for DJs out there you have the emergence you've got a choice you know, I, I, in the last three years, I've been working with 85 DJs, 85 different DJs, pitching them to clubs, pitching them for gigs, pitching them. You know, I try to start a DJ union of agencies. But when I left Scam Artists, shout out to Sujit, who had a major impact on my career. Um, positive, mostly positive. But, you know, there, there's some lessons that I learned from from being there, but also lessons that I learned about myself. I'll go into that a little in a minute. But, um, you know, uh, you know. I tried to do a union of agencies where I, I, when I when I knew I was going to leave Scam, where I had been for ten years of my career, a decade, mm-hmm. uh, some of my prime prime, like the new guy on the scene, the hot boom boom boom, to like okay, now he's established, now where's he going to take it? And I kind of like missed a couple steps, like I I, I I had a spiral at a certain point. Um, so I, I I got to a point where I was like, you know what, like I could make excuses. I could try to blame somebody else. I could be frustrated, or I could get back to that kid with the with the which fearless, the fearless kid, right? Passing out the business card, the kid who says there's no the the Kobe, the Black Mamba, who's like, yo, there's nothing but I'm going to make this happen, and and then and for me it was, Scam supported me, but I got too comfortable. I'll just put it simply and say, I got too comfortable with letting somebody else handle certain aspects of my brand and my business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I got too comfortable relying on somebody else to lead me to success. Mm -hmm. And that's not what got me to success. Mm -hmm. What got me to success is it's all on my shoulders. And I have to figure it out. And I have nobody else to answer to or to blame if it doesn't happen than myself. It's like you leaving the house, a kid leaves the house at 16 or 18 and says, I'm going out into the world to live on my own. What, what were some of the lessons you learned uh, uh, like uh, after leaving Scam or whatever like that? Because uh, you mentioned yeah, like yeah. losing sight of your brand yes. or something. and like um, you know, Maybe I, you weren't in, in charge of all the contacts as much or anything like that. Like, I, I have the utmost love and respect for Sujin and I think he's done something legendary. It is indisputable that he has built something that is legendary uh, for nightlife and for artist management and hands down for DJ management. The most uh, the most important open format DJ agency that ever existed. Um, and, um, you know, I was somebody who came to the table with my own clients. I came to the table with the number one client in America, Tao Group, as their darling. Yeah. As their go-to guy, I was the soundtrack of their club that launched them, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and 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 you know, and 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 shout out to Sujit and to Vice because their momentum was so strong that I had to make room for them. It was it, they they were an unstoppable force. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they were two guys and I was one guy. Mm -hmm. And they were, at the time when I was starting to get comfortable with a kid from Harlem from nothing who now is making half a million dollars, I was now like, I could buy any sneaker I want. I could fly people wherever I want to fly them. I can buy houses. I could do this for my mom. I could do this for my friends. I could... I could go in the bar and buy everyone shots of tequila, drink them with you, and then buy another round. Uh -huh. To me, in my small, the, the, the small mentality of success that I had at that moment, I was basking in it. Yeah, I you, was, you were enjoying yourself. I was enjoying it instead yeah. of, and if anybody knows Sujidin knows Vice, you don't take too long to just sit back and soak it up and enjoy, you get back on that grind. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know Noah Tepperberg, you don't, you might party with the club, with the clients till eight in the morning. Mm -hmm. And at 8.15, 8.30, you're in the office before the rest of your staff. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's Sujit. That's Vice. That's Noah. Mm -hmm. That's Black Mamba. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's you gotta the, keep that work ethic. You yeah. have to. Mm -hmm. You have to. If you if you expect to be on that level of success, right, and if you expect to keep pushing your brand forward and your your dreams forward, yeah. you have to so have that discipline. So at some point, do you think you were just indulging, and uh, and then and you were kind of getting lost in maybe some of the social aspects or like you know just partying too hard and then alcohol. Yeah, I think I've seen almost uh, seven out of ten of. The you know the 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 DJ the some of the top DJs in open format at least I can't speak on the the house music guys I don't know them like that mm -hmm. but I can think of seven out of ten of the biggest guys who had a moment where 
they had too much tequila yeah. on numerous occasions and they missed the set or they weren't themselves in the booth. Now, how much your relationships and your goodwill allowed you to get through that right. is very key. I had a lot of credit, so I had a lot of fuck-ups that, that were forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, well, but, you had fuck ups, but there was still uh, a tremendous amount of value to your brand. Huge. So they said, you know what, this these fuck ups are not, and they're not at a like dangerous area where they're fucking up the brand because the brand sure. is still salvageable. Sure, and we still need reach. If you, know? you stacked up my contributions and my fuck ups, yeah, you're talking about ninety five percent to five percent. Or maybe 90% to 10%. But there's a point where they actually sit you down and they're just kind of like, yo, you need help. Or like it's getting a little crazy, I went to AA. Yeah. I went to AA. I went to AA. Shout out to Roxicon who supported me on that. Shout out to Rest in Peace Jeffrey Tomlinson who supported me on that. Shout out to AM who supported me on that. Uh, there's a we all know that's that could be a little bit of a a, right. a, a topic of you know at some point the 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 the, the community of DJs. Well, it's not something we've actually addressed I was gonna too, say. too much on this podcast because not everyone is comfortable talking right. about it. Right. right. And some True. people are still in denial where True. they don't want to they don't want to confront that sure. issue. I actually know a lot of DJs who I think have drinking problems and that's the last thing you want to tell another DJ is that they have a drinking problem because they they'll, you know, they'll deny it. Sure. But no one wants to actually confront the fact that they they, they might have a drinking problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll tell you like this. Um never thought in my life that I go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Here's a I, I want to yes. hear about this, but my quick question is this. I yes. kind of want to like sure, I want to get to the nitty-gritty sure. yes, of the yeah, meat yeah. potatoes. Yes. What was the issue you think you were having? What was the drinking, over-drinking, and overindulgence in alcohol? Yeah. What was that stemming from? Uh, it was ego. It was, um, it was, I literally, like we said, I took my foot off the gas pedal. I took my foot off the gas. I got comfortable. The most successful people, in my opinion, they do not get comfortable. Mark Zuckerberg does not get comfortable. Well, like, for example, like Avicii, right? He yeah. hated to actually DJ live. He hated to perform, right? Oh, I, I loved it. I love it. I love it to this but day. But he would overdrink yeah. to get over the anxiety yeah. of actually performing live. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is what was alcohol medicating, you know, oh, for oh, yeah. emotionally? Oh, that's an amazing question. And and, and, and now, as you said, it, it, it just... Because we all yeah. self-medicate. Oh, I'll tell I'm, you what I'm not even going to front. Oh, like, yeah. I, I I have like for me yeah. I have I like almost any other DJ I think we all have anxiety sometimes going sure. into into the approaching a gig sometimes mm-hmm. and then I'll usually take a drink or two to just calm myself down. Yeah. Some dudes I mean I don't know how they do it they they do edibles or they smoke weed. Hey, yeah, I don't I know how they do I, fucking I do that. Some dudes yeah, really I, do it sober. I right? embarrassed you know? myself in front of DJ Premier and my idol one time he passed me an L I smoked and I I completely shut down. So I was like, uh, many, I can't DJ anymore. I was like, yo, I did two mixes and I was like, I just train wrecked two mixes horribly in front of Premiere. 
I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, please. But sorry, go back to it. No, no, but it, it's like, a, you know, I, it, what were you self-medicating maybe? Okay, you know so I, that, that's a great question. And the answer to that is, and it's very clear to me, the answer to that is, you know, part of it definitely was ego. Yo, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the big stage. I got this. Mm-hmm. I got myself here. I can do this. I do this shit with my eyes closed. That was part of it. I had a, a sense of so much confidence that I got a little too confident. The other part was, and I told people this, close friends, uh, after, you know, I my contract was not renewed in Vegas. Uh, the travel schedule, the travel schedule, and the idea of me as an individual. When I started DJing in 1992, after seeing the movie Juice, and saying, I... These are some kids in Harlem and looking at that DJ scene with DJQ and it just, it grabbed me. It was like, I want to do that. I'm going to try that, right? Um, I never in my wildest dreams, I fulfilled way beyond whatever my DJ dreams were. Mm-hmm. Way beyond. Yeah. So now I needed a new set of dreams. Right. Because doing a party, figuring out how to blend and scratch and like all that shit happened. Yeah, sharing a booth with Kanye, uh, sharing a, on numerous occasions, sharing a booth with uh, uh, Stevie Wonder, sharing a booth with Mariah Carey, sharing a booth with uh, Justin Timberlake, sharing. A, I'm, I'm talking about interactive performances with these people, right? Right. Uh, Bono coming to dap me up and buy me a bottle and be like, "Yo, what do you? Whatever you want, yeah. Whatever you want, you on top of the world, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like. This was supposed to happen. All that hard work that I put in, this is where I'm supposed to be. So I was so comfortable with this new... I thought it was rock solid. I thought it was solidified. Mm -hmm. And then with my relationship with Tao Group being so strong to the point where like the older owners were like, yo, I heard you wanted to do a DJ school. Holler at us. Mm -hmm. We got you. We'll finance that. Let's sit down and talk. You know what I mean? I'm going to all the holiday events. I'm 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 in the family, you know? Yeah. I felt like I was rock solid. Um I didn't hear the wake up calls when Noah called me and said, Reach, you're about to fuck literally said, You are about to fuck up a multi million dollar relationship. I thought I had it. I said, Oh no, okay, yo, you're right. I'm gonna take a couple weeks off. Mm-hmm. I'll get back on my shit. But nothing would have prepared me for getting on a plane, leaving all my friends and family every single weekend. When I signed onto that contract for $500 in Vegas at first, Mm -hmm. because they didn't know what they were gonna make. So they said, will you go for $500? And I was like, $500? At first I was like, what are they talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm making $500 a night with you guys in New York. Mm -hmm. But I was like, that little voice inside me, the same one that said this building's gonna be some something, the same one that said, "Yo, you know, all, you know, go for that interview, go for that audition at Carson Daly." That same voice said, "Take it." And before it was my residency, it was Cassidy, and he said no. It was mm-hmm. Just Ski, and he said no, because there wasn't enough money. Right. And I said, I, "I don't care what the money is. I'm gonna take it, and I'm gonna ride the wave. Right. And it's gonna mm-hmm. get me to where I need to go." Yeah. Now, 
in my life I had a lot of blessings and they all came from pure fearlessness and they all came from being so focused and laser beam locked in that I only saw the success that was going to come. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But I knew that if I keep this level of dedication, it's going to happen. It, I spiraled and I got off that path when I stopped holding myself accountable. When I started saying, well, Sujit, well, scam, well, what about what he's doing? What, what, what about, but he screwed up, that other guy. Mm-hmm. But, but, but Vice did, yeah. but I just heard that so-and-so last week did. I, the big, it was a huge blessing to be on a team. It was a huge blessing to be part of an organization. But I also, you know, when sometimes when you're part of an organization, and I'm going to keep it a thousand with you, the agenda of the head of the organization or the direction in which, you know, the majority of the organization or things like that, uh, other agendas come into play that might not be your agenda. Mm-hmm. And you need to be aware. And you, the best thing i learned and i learned I'm, it, it's it's come up again for me in this past year and two years is getting to a point for me not I'm saying that everybody has this challenge but it was a challenge for me um knowing when it's time for me to say this is not for me anymore and not being afraid to start over mm-hmm. shift gears put a new challenge in front of you go a different direction the i was most scared about if i'm not with scam clients around the country won't think i'm with the number one agency mm-hmm. they won't they're gonna think something went wrong they're gonna think you know maybe he's not in mm-hmm. i went back to new york i lost a lot of i, I, I offended for myself um I almost kind of had to reinvent myself. Yeah. I started doing B-level spots, C-level spots. Right. I didn't have a relationship with Tao Group. Noah, my boy Noah and Jace, they had also kind of like elevated to a level of business and, and, prior, and, and responsibilities. They weren't even the ones booking the DJs anymore. So it was now I had to go talk to other people who were in charge and they their agendas... You know, and their value system for who's good and who deserves the gig mm-hmm. come into play. Right. Yeah. And whatever credit and track record I had, yeah. you can't you can't live. This is the thing, and it goes back to that being you, you know if you're not busy getting born, then you're busy getting dying. Mm-hmm. That Bob Dylan quote, whatever it is. Uh, if you're not constantly, you can't rest on what you did. Your stats from last season don't matter this season. They don't win games. Mm-hmm. Your dedication, your practice hours, the jump shots you went and shot, how on it you are, you going to the gym, that matters. Mm-hmm. So I went around for, yo, but I'm the guy who did, you don't remember when me, you, 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 when Usher was in the club and he wasn't scheduled to do shit and I got him to do four songs? When Neo wasn't supposed to do nothing and... We're in Vegas and, and I put him on the spot and I put all his records out there, fearless, mm-hmm. and, and handed him the mic. 
and 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 a moment happened. Yeah. And everybody yeah. left Vegas in that nightclub and said, "Yo, you know what happened last night? I was in a club and yeah, I did that. I orchestrated that. Mm-hmm. You might not have even paid me enough for that. <laughs> I definitely don't get paid enough now, being that I was the guy who did that a hundred times. Yeah. Me and Justin Timberlake beatboxing songs live in front of everybody at Avenue, and me and Kanye. Anyway, anyway, right? Uh, so, but what I realize is you can never rest on what happened yesterday or last year. And you can never get comfortable with somebody else handling your business. You can never. You always have to check them. You always have to check yourself. You always have to have respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to have respect. If you are working with somebody, they need to respect you and you need to respect them. I let that slide. So basically... Sometimes when you're on the train and mm-hmm. it's running and you got the train, you built the train, you got the train moving, you were fueling the train, and then and then you became in a position where everyone was helping you move the train and you were kind of just like, all right, well, the train is moving. I could enjoy myself a little cruise bit. Cruise control. And it's on cruise control. Yeah. And I could just kind of... And then, and then you just maybe was getting caught up in the self-indulgence. Yes. And then... Was, I was I was also and the thing I said about the traveling, which I didn't really expand on, I was also lonely. Mm-hmm. I was away from my wifey doing things I shouldn't have been doing. But I was away from my girl at the time. I was away from my loved ones, all my friends. I'm only seeing you. I'm not celebrating any birthdays with you for the year, for next year, for the year after, for five years, unless you're coming to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh I was and I wasn't, I was so lean with my travel and my overhead. One of the things I tried to do and be that guy for Sujit, you know, and I'm sure there's other people like this, I wasn't the only one. I wanted to be the most, in this respect, the most low maintenance and low asking the least right. in terms of, I don't need an extra flight. I'll take whatever time you want to fly me out or have me get on the plane. Or you want to give me some crazy travel schedule where I'm landing here, playing, land and jumping on another flight before the night's over and plan like and I said, Yeah, yeah, whatever. Or do whatever cheapest. And then you basically and then you just stop taking care of yourself stop too. Stop taking yeah. care of myself. Yeah. Medicating with alcohol. You were numbing like using like numbing the pain. Numbing the pain. Yeah. I, I I was I'd be in a hotel room I'd be in a new city and um you know wherever it was and and I wouldn't leave the hotel the client would be saying yo come come to dinner with us come see the city come drink with us and I would curve them because I was like all I have is this little bit of space right so I'm gonna order room service that's gonna comfort me when I get to the club I'm gonna drink my like a fish with y'all. I'm just kind of delaying that process. I don't even want to hang with you because I'm afraid that when if I hang with you, we know scam artists. We're known for at that time for tequila. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We're known. The clients you land and they're like, "Yo, you know we got the Patron, right? Mm-hmm. We got that shit ready for well, you, right?" At, <laughs> at what point does you know? it become dangerous when you're like uh, drinking socially and it's becoming part of your brand? You know what I mean? That, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, when I, me and my girl are in the club on my off nights and we're getting in screaming matches mm-hmm. in the club in public when I get blackout and I don't realize that I jumped in somebody else's booth and I grabbed the mic and did the 
super drunk blackout version of DJ Reach in another DJ set. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they were cool because it was Reach yeah. and that's the homie and he just happened to be a little drunk, but that was not okay. So I I don't want to dwell in like, yeah. you know, in the negative too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you, so, but you got, you know, for me, I've, I've, I've embraced it and I've, right. I've, 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 un, I've learned from it and that, that's the most key. You, you know, that's all I'll say is like, I don't see it, any of it as, negative things i see it as i had to go to i had to go through that yeah. to get to here well it's an important part of i think your story and this your story is continuing you know what i'm saying sure like, for, out of I all of this 25 dates a month yeah booked and you it's, know what I mean? yeah it's one of those things yeah. where you know and you re and you have your and you're still doing the tuesday baby tuesdays you're doing it town downtown that's becoming yeah. a really big party here in sure, new york sure you know what i'm saying and you know Obviously, your relationship with Tao Group is still intact. Absolutely. You so absolutely. And then, like you said, you left Scam, right? Yeah. And then it created, it forced you to start from the beginning, kind yeah. of again. Yeah. But then it also made you create an agency on yes. your own. Yes. And, and that, then, yeah. And I want to talk yeah. about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, starting your own agency because it's, I, was that in your in your head to start an agency or you were just doing everything on your own and then DJs were gravitating to you like can you help me and then all these gigs started just piling up and you're like you know I can I can get all these guys working you know what happened that's a great question um, DJs had always throughout my career after, because of the like the, the the trajectory and the success I had had along the way along the journey there were always DJs who would ask me can I be down with you can I work with you can I shadow you etc cetera, etc cetera. and I had always kind of like politely been like Hey, like I, I don't, I don't know how to make that happen for you, but I can give you advice. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, if I can't do a gig, I mean, I could throw it to you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, things like that. But, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't think I had the capacity, and I was also so locked in on my shit that I didn't. Part of me didn't want to like deviate from being be, to take on the responsibility yeah. of someone else. Mm. You know, um, what's the name of your agency? PMAM Play Music Artist Management. Yeah, um, y'all been around for a so, while now. Yeah, it's been a couple years now. Yeah. So the thing for me is, I learned a lot. It's it it has been an interesting journey, and it's like a new chapter for us now. Um, uh, I approached the. I literally got to the point where I was like so distraught in my relationship with Scam, not because Suja's a bad guy, not because Scam is a bad agency, but I just like I said before, I wasn't. I wasn't relying on myself enough. Mm -hmm. I wasn't forcing myself to deliver. And then when I did deliver, I remember like being, you know, him giving me advice to do a bunch of things and do newsletters and you know and and, and put out uh, remixes and uh, you know uh, uh, on SoundCloud and 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 do you know some more branding stuff. And I felt like okay, I took like almost a year right. where I just focused on everything he said. And I went back and. I'll just say the results were I can't that it, it that's not going to change. That's great, but right. It, there's, it, no, yeah. there's not going to be any changes in your calendar. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wait. So you did everything. What? You did like, everything on the like you did everything. That I you went had to down do. the checklist and checked every box. Right. Yeah. And I checked it for eight months actually. But, but see, and, and here's the interesting thing, and this is what DJs have to realize, or I guess any artist has to realize too at the same time, is that. Basically, you kind of created your train. Sure. And you fueled your train. Yes. And then by the time the train was moving and it was it was it was running top speed, 
Sujit came on and, yes. and, and had it keep going. Yes. But at the same time, you built your brand and you built it. So when the train stopped moving, it's kind of like you had to kind of be like, you know, Sujit's going to try to help bring, like, get the train moving. Yeah. Ultimately, if you built your train and you got it moving, yeah. you also have the answers to get it moving again. Yes, and that's the and that's the thing I want the DJs to understand is yes. that you can't rely on managers nope. to know exactly how you blew up and to blow you up again. You blow you. you know, I mean, pause, pause. You blew yourself up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and you got to and you have to continuously reinvent yourself and keep going and keep going and keep going. Yes, and it's just one of those things. You're gonna hit those obstacles. Yes, you're gonna go through personal issues and you're gonna go through business issues, financial yes. issues. But like you know, you just got to keep going and going. Yeah. And you can't just like rely on this one dude and blame this one dude for everything because yeah. in the end you built the train, you got the train moving, and you know you know that that train better than anyone, and you're gonna get it moving again. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. And I want it. I want people to know. I'm not gonna say train anymore. By the way. <laughs> I'm done. I know. From, I know from, from from doing a podcast, like you look back and like, damn, I said that word so many times. <laughs> keep going back to this train <laughs> reference. This train analogy. I'm tired of this train analogy. <laughs> the scooter. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, nah. Um, one of the things I want to I want to make sure that people you know don't get a misconception about um, about what I'm saying is. Having a team is essential to your success. You cannot succeed without a team. You can't do it alone. You yeah, cannot. You can't, no. There's nothing you're going to do professionally. There's nothing you're going to do on a significant level mm -hmm. for other human beings to recognize it and say, that is amazing, where you didn't have some sort of a team, whether it's your professor your teacher your assistant your business partner your spouse you your trainer your manager there is no success without a team none no championship ever got one without a team mm -hmm. and i'm talking about individual sports even tiger woods whoever but there's Michael the, Phelps, whatever. Yeah. But Team. There, but there's also the fact that you always have to put it in, into account that nothing lasts forever. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So at some point, there's got to be another plan. Yeah. And there's got to be a way to adapt and find new paths and directions to whatever you're doing. Yes. And you can't just see, like, when something ends, you can't just be like, all right, like, it's over and it's right. a wrap. You got to just be like, nah, like... There's another stage to everything. You know what I'm saying? Jay-Z is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that feels that way. I remember, uh, I remember, you know, like being such a fan of his music and him having such a stronghold uh, as the undisputed king of rap that I couldn't see a day when Jay, I couldn't even imagine Jay's not, when there's going to be a time when Jay's not the hottest rapper, yeah, that's going to be a long time from now. Mm -hmm. Like 20, 30 years from now, he'll be like granddad Jay in a wheelchair or some shit. <laughs> but right now, Jay-Z, for the last few albums, is not making his best music. He is not the number, he's a unbelievable alien-level talent. But he's not the best rapper right now. But he understands that he's there's he there's growth and there's a uh, 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 
there's a there's a, a he's being born in other ways. He's being born as a businessman. Mm-hmm. He's being born as now a fighter, someone who fights for social justice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's brought Meek Mill into that. Mm-hmm. If you notice, just recently, Kim Kardashian is taking on yeah. social justice for her brand. Right. Mm-hmm. Still the queen. She's still the queen. She still has the I mean, let, you know, let's the stay followers. On, let's stay on, let's but stay on Jay-Z, saying? yeah. Let's stay on, let's stay on. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to start talking but, about Kim Kardashian. I don't, I don't know the queen of what, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I see, you know, I see a you know what I'm fame. saying? Like, look, the queen of the of this fame, you know, yeah. buzz or clout. Let's, 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 let's talk about Jay-Z. Let's stay with Jay-Z. Let's not compare Jay-Z to Kim Kardashian ever again. Wait, wait. No, no, but I'm just saying in terms of people people kind of, people being at the height of success and... Then realizing before they go into a major, major, major decline uh-huh. that there's time. It's time to grow, to birth myself and my right. career in a new way. Right. You know, and 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 I think that that's something for elder statesmen, elder statesmen DJs mm-hmm. who've been doing this 10, 15, 20 years. That's something because there's a lot of guys that I know, mm-hmm. uh, and and I don't think it's just a New York thing, but there's a lot of guys who are in a a place that's that feels uh a place you feel unsure you feel like what's the future gonna hold where what is this dj thing is how long is this gonna keep going for me right right you know um and i remember there was a point where um sujit said to me you should think about what you're gonna do after djing um and i remember him saying it to a couple other djs and some of those DJs chose, maybe not just because he said that, because of other factors as well. Some of them chose to retire, mm-hmm. ended their career, went yeah. into other things. Right. Um, I knew that it wasn't the time for me right. to do that. Um, I don't know if that was the best management advice. Mm-hmm. But if what he meant was prepare yourself for another birth, Right. Or another evolution mm-hmm. as a artist, businessman, etc. That I can agree with. But you know yourself better than Sujit too. Sure. And that's the thing. And that's and honestly, Sujit is, you know, he's a great agent, a booking agent. Sure. But he's not gonna like, you know, he's gonna try to give you ideas and everything. But you know yes. your brand better than him in the yeah. end. And, 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 and to yeah. his credit, like, listen, he leads a lot with by example and says, "Look how hard I'm working. Look how many." iterations of my website or my app or my merch that I'm doing. Right. You know, sometimes it's hard for a leader to fully, fully like articulate everything and say, here's what I did and how I did it. And here's the, you know, here's the, here, you should do a photo shoot. Now here's, here's the, here are the photographers. Right, right, right. And the contacts. Right, right. Something he could have done, but he didn't do. And I don't fault him for that, but there's a different type of management that does that. Well, like going back to Jay Z and what you're yes. talking about, though, Jay Z's been through all types of shit through his career, of course, and ups and downs, and and like you said, we're really starting to see, like like you said, he's helping with social uh, injustice. Yeah, he's uh even paying for lawyer fees for like you know, for yeah for different you know, and it's really a commendable thing. It's kind of yes. when you get to a certain. A stage of power and money where you can do almost anything you want. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna try to make more money 
and get more power, or right. you're gonna try to help those who don't have any money and have no power, sure. and really be and really like champion them and like become the voice for them. Yeah. And uh, and you know, I think like we, I want to talk about Jay Z a little bit, yeah, because yeah. you actually went on. <laughs> I will like you did the I, I I forgot the name of it. I always forget the name of this, but he uh, did like seven a, hours. Uh, the the, the, the twenty four hour the twenty four hour yeah. hangar tour seven cities and sets in twenty four hours something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you so went yeah. on tour with him for that twenty four so hours. I, I I did the New York I did the New York concert. Uh, me and DJ. What South. album was it? It was. It uh, was uh, Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. It was Kingdom, Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. Yeah. I so so the marketing campaign for the release of Kingdom Come. Yeah. Jay Z did a twenty four hour tour in seven different cities. Yes. He did Atlanta, Philly, DC, Jersey, Chicago, LA, and then ended it in Vegas. Yes. And then he also did New, New York. York. Yeah. Yes. And then you were the New York DJ for that. Yes. So. Something interesting, yeah. So I was me and DJ Self were the New York DJs, mm-hmm. uh, which was an amazing honor to 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 do that, uh, to be part of that, like le- to be part of that legendary uh, legendary tour, which no one had done that in music. Um, I don't know if anyone's done that since then right. in music. Um, uh, you know, and 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 that was like you know that was a dream come true because this guy is my favorite rapper. Yeah. Um, did you did you like Four Forty Four? Um, I did. did. Yes, I did like it. I felt like, uh, and this is how I felt about the last few albums, is it wasn't the music. It, I, I, 444 specifically, I understand why he made that music. Yeah. And I appreciate that music in his, as a piece of his legacy. Yeah. It's not what I wanted as a fan. It's not the J that I wanted to hear. Are you just kind of stuck on the old J though? You, you wanted yeah. the um, club Jay Z, right? Yeah, you know, the like, bangers, like I, I, yeah. And you know, I, I, it's funny because consciously, I, I noticed like there was a certain point where I was like, <coughs> excuse me, some of some of the records that I like from him the most are him being a single guy talking about getting chicks and hooking up and living a Playboy lifestyle. Yeah. If he's if his music if he's positioning if he's presenting his music in a way where it is, it reflects his life. Well, he's evolving. He can't and talk mu- like that. Well, the music is evolving along with him, and it would be it wouldn't be I guess it wouldn't be sincere of him to keep continue like to continue make music as a single guy, right? And whatever like that. Now but you're not you're not accepting the uh, evolved Jay Z though. Um, I, I I as a as a as a music and entertainment and and uh african-american icon i accept his legacy i accept where he has evolved to and uh his business uh i I think he's doing really smart things i looked on i'm that nerd that went to uh uh the website and and counted but you wanted like another psa he has 100 artists but you wanted like another psa rockefeller had (laughs) at most maybe 15 artists at one time uh-huh. yeah. rock nation has 101 artists last time i checked a couple weeks ago i went oh. down i literally transcribed every name of every artist that they manage and put it in my in my phone just just for no reason Whoa. um <laughs> research purposes that's I, I, but that's I, I don't know i do research like i do weird research like that um you know so like yeah so he's you know in in many respects he's beat way beyond and and, and I, I think he's doing something really smart where like for him to make the next business step music-wise, right, you go back to, you make amends with people that you might have had beef with. Cam, Jimmy, mm-hmm. Fat Joe. Damn. Um, you make amends with some of those people. 
one of his things that he's doing, it, it's or so it seems, is artists that had a moment of, uh, you know, a, 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 pen, a, a peak moment and now are in the t- decline, right? Um, and they're figuring it out and they're, uh, you know, trying to, you know, sustain and stay relevant and, and you know, continue a career as a working artist for the next 20 years, hopefully doing tours and selling music and selling other products. He's saying, I have this much clout and this much, uh, this many, uh, this much power in the music space that I'm making these deals. And I'm making these deals with Live Nation saying, I'm going to be the, uh, I'm going to be the gatekeeper for, all of these artists that I'm going to have come under my umbrella mm-hmm. and I'm going to sell Live Nation the touring of all of these artists. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take them under my wing and I'm going to be the I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to fight for you to have a fair percentage, uh, proper tour support, uh, whatever have you to the big guy. Live Nation, right? They have the touring market locked down, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna broker you to them. Smart. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's going for market. He's going for the marketplace. He's taking the marketplace of his uh, subcategory in music, hip hop, and he's selling as many of those people to Live Nation, and that's his business. One aspect of his business. That's smart. He's doing the same thing for uh, similar things uh, uh, in. Um, with brand deals, you know, I, I'm I'm bringing Rihanna with me. I'm bringing mm-hmm. this one with me. I'm bringing, you know, all of these people, Meek, and I'm gonna and I I have the power to influence them to get on board with Puma, right. to get on board with Reebok, to get on board with. That's what he's doing. So I literally, when I looked at my agency, I said, "Wait a second, prices are in decline for DJs." Uh, the biggest way for DJs to get exploited is for us to be divided individuals. Mm-hmm. The most powerful thing and the most leverage we could possibly have is if we banded together and found unity. People are scared of the word union. So I don't throw that word around that much because that's a scary word for some people when it comes to business. Because a union could right, right. be scary for so then what are you club try- clients. What are you trying to attempt? Or- so, so, so what I first started to do was I said, all right, um, I want to start an agency. I, I didn't feel like I was getting ma- artist management. So I literally went and researched artist management because I felt like I had a booking agent scam, but I didn't feel like, even though it said management in the title, I thought, is this really what artist management is? Mm-hmm. And then I did research and I started watching YouTube videos and reading books. Um, and I looked at CAA, and I looked at the story of CAA, I looked at William Morris, I read the books, I went to interviews and looked at Leo Cohen, and read articles and YouTube videos and so on and so forth, uh, and listened to podcasts. And Leo said, whatever people, however people judge him uh, as a businessman, um, he said, the essence of artist management is, how can I be helpful? Mm-hmm. Almost unconditionally. How can I support you? That's my job. And he said, I need my, my strength and my, the, the best, the most powerful thing I can do is understand my artists to the point where 
I know how to put them in a space or in an environment where they can assume their best form, which is the form under which they do greatness. Right, right. They achieve greatness. Mm -hmm. You need weed. You need to be on an island. You need to never worry about your finances or you need to never, you know, your baby mama needs to be taken care of or you need to be in tip-top shape or you need to, you know, whatever it may be. He needs to figure that out. Rich is passionate about this shit. <laughs> oh, that, man. Take this shit seriously. I'm gonna do some seminar. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I'm, I'm thinking about like you know, like like, you know, I don't know. That's one of the things for me is just I, I, I broadcasting I mean, you, you and got, you got, to look, yo, just, you got like you got a ton of knowledge and a ton of experience, and you know, there's so much that you could be offering to people, but. I'm, we're really happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you guys man. so much. I really thank appreciate, you. Man, it's, appreciate it. it. Yeah, oh my God. It. What? <laughs> Holy yo, shit. I'm sorry. Yo. You can edit it down. Yeah. Sorry. Yo, reach, yo Reflections coming. of a DJ podcast is a dope ass podcast. You need to tell all your friends about it. You need to tune in every time they drop an episode. These guys are doing something very cool yeah. and very, you know, I respect what you guys have put together and I, I can't wait to see how the journey unfolds, yeah. man. I don't know if our listeners agree, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, make, sure, make sure you subscribe on youtube.com slash road podcast. Subscribe, like, and comment and hit the little notification bell for when we drop a video every Friday. And then, yeah. and then, you know, back to you, Kirk. Yeah. At DJ Reach, that's me. At PMAM Agency, that's me. PMA a-M-A-G-E-N-C-Y and at D-J-R-E-A-C-H I got business cards for all of y'all yeah, there we go right? shout out to DJ City there we go Big shout out to G DJ City love DJ yeah. City <laughs> alright y'all peace all right. I need a free account please <laughs>